here. Do you have a show coming up? Yeah, this weekend. You coming? Dude, I will be there. Nice. So you got your tickets? Oh, not yet. I'm going to get them tomorrow, though. The show's sold out. Don't worry. I-, I got you on the guest list. Oh, man. You're the best. Can I get a plus one? Uh, don't push your luck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Foxtrot and the Get Down and White Sox Dave. With you from the band today is your boy, Colin. We got the cowboy, Mr. David Williams, in the building. Dave, how are we today, buddy? We're doing great. It was about 65 degrees in Chicago today. You could smell, like, people grilling out on their patios. Just, like, you could smell the brats and hot dogs and stuff. And it did not... I was actually going to mention this to a friend earlier. It it was the most Friday-feeling Monday in history it does not feel like monday today bro i literally said that earlier a hundred percent i thought i thought it was way later in the week than it was and i don't know what it is but you're completely right it you can feel because i thought we were getting way more winter this year we're not we are getting way we're getting an earlier spring it feels like and i'm fucking fuck you punks at tony phil i don't want to hear it <laughs> that's your neck of the woods too kind of right yeah i don't know where punks at tony is it's somewhere in pennsylvania it's but- in pennsylvania it's all the same to me but Punks, Punxsutawney Phil is an asshole. 100%. I told you. I mean, he always, like, he's his whole life so is negative. ruining our lives. 100%. Like, oh, six extra weeks of winter. There's another groundhog in Pennsylvania. Well, first of all, let me introduce her. We have our producer, the band's tour manager, Miss Allie Adams, on the podcast today. Allie, how are you? Good. How are you guys? I'm good. Allie, my question to you was, do you, you ever see the commercials for the lottery with Gus oh, the yeah. second? Yeah, he's a character. It's this fucking cartoon character named Gus, the second most famous groundhog in Pennsylvania, and he gives people scratchy lottery tickets. And I've never hated <laughs> a cartoon character more than Gus. I don't know why. I just want to punch him in the face. But I feel like I'll, I only see him during Christmas time, though. I dude, I see him all the time, and it freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> Al, anything going on with you lately? I'm super excited that it's going to be 68 this week. Hell we haven't yeah. we haven't hit the 60s yet in Philly, but we're no. we're almost there. So. You guys will get it tomorrow, I bet, because you guys are like a oh, day we'll or two it. after us typically. Yeah. I mean, the snow's melting. That's all I give a shit about. Yep. The snow's, the snow's yeah. getting out of here, and that's you know kind of leads me into my first point, dude. Everything's going great, as I've explained to Dave and Allie. I got my first Corona test last week. Thought I had it, didn't have it. Negative. Sweet. Uh, I signed up for the vaccine. Going to be getting vaccinated. Sweet as well. Uh, we've been getting the new mixes for the new album in. They all feel fucking fantastic. Live shows may be back around the corner. I've been seeing a lot of talk, especially with how much vaccine vaccination is going on, that live shows might be back sooner rather than later. That's fucking fantastic. And, of course, we have a fucking humongous podcast today. We got to talk to John J.R. Robinson, who is known as the most recorded drummer in human history. He has drummed for legends. Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones, uh, Lionel Richie, Eric Clapton, Peter Frampton, anybody. Madonna. Uh, Lady, Madonna, Lady Gaga, Daft Punk. Basically, if you've heard a hit song in the last 40 years, there's a decent t- chance that John J.R. Robinson has drummed on it. It's a fantastic long interview. We're going to get into that. And our pick of the week this week is Wheelwright, who is actually someone that Allie put me on to. Uh, yeah. So they were formerly known as Jared in the Mill. They recently going down to just Jared and Jared is starting this new chapter in his creative process going by wheelwright. He has a new single out. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, and we're going to get to him at the end of the episode, but stick around for that. We're going to play the song as well. Uh, guys, last week we talked a lot about how it had been kind of a slow time in music. There hadn't been a lot happening. And then last week happened. And on Friday, Drake, of course, doesn't miss champagne. Poppy dropped three new songs, 
all fire. Uh, SZA dropped a new video. Kings of Leon dropped a new album. Julian Baker dropped a new album. And of course, the Grammys are this weekend. And Silk Sonic hit. Oh, and Silk Sonic hit. Mm. I wasn't even going to say anything because I know Ellie's going to talk about that. (laughs) But we do have the Grammys this weekend. We got to talk about it. Guys, did you even know the Grammys were happening this weekend? Nope. No clue. Not until you mentioned it to me. Yeah. I got a text 15 minutes before this episode started, (laughs) and it said, we're talking about the Grammys. (laughs) I didn't know, and I'm usually on top of this, and I usually love the Grammys. I usually get into it. I like to see who wins. I like to see the performances. This year, it just feels different, and I have a couple reasons why I think it's like that. But to me, this year, the Grammys just feel weird for two reasons. One, I'm getting further into the industry. I'm not there. So to me, I kind of see the inner workings. I know how things happen. I know how people get to that stage. So I, I guess maybe I've seen how the sausage gets made, and I'm just not that enthused about it anymore. But to me, the real reason is, and Allie can speak to this. Dave, you're learning about it. You've seen what we've had to go through. But for the bulk of us in the music industry, this past year has been absolute hell. The wheels fell off. Nothing happened. We were all forced to completely stop the journeys that we were on. And to have the rest of the music industry, the people who are really lifeblood of it, just kind of sitting around waiting for things to go back to normal. And you have a room full of millionaires and people who've already made it getting awards. And it just feels weird. And I don't know if that's selfish of me to feel that way, but that's just generally how I feel. No, I mean, it it may be a little petty, but I like it. I like petty. (laughs) You love petty. Think of it this way. Like I'm, I'm big into the quote competition breeds success. Mm. And I mean, if, if your goal as a band, I don't know if it is or isn't, um, I don't know if that's anybody's goal really to win a Grammy as an artist or musician. Um, if that's your goal, then that'll just make you work all the harder. Cause you want to be up there with like Justin Timberlake and, and whoever else, you know, I always want to be the top of whatever I do. And I mean, a Grammy would be an amazing accomplishment, but it doesn't mean what it meant to me when I was a kid. I don't think. And, mm-hmm. and to me, it's once again, more because I've seen the inner workings on how things go. And mm-hmm. when you look at something like the weekend getting snubbed, because he wouldn't perform at the Grammys because he was given the option of either performing at the Grammys or performing at the Super Bowl, and they snubbed him, even though he had the biggest album. It, it, 60. it doesn't make sense. So it's a so it's a political thing at that point. It is, but I think more than anything, it's just like I don't know what there's to celebrate this year in music, because realistically, for for most of the working class musicians out there and the people who work in road crews, and the people who work in venues and the music venue owners and and everybody yeah. in that side of things. There hasn't been anything to celebrate. So it's almost like this kind of like the establishment is going to talk about what they're going to talk about. And the rest of the world's going to have to just sit around and wait until we are allowed to go back to doing what we're going to do. And that's not to say that there hasn't been a mu- like amazing musical accomplishments this year. There really has. There's been some amazing music that's come out, but it just feels like it's weird to throw a party when so much shit's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, Ellie, you've been along for the ride this whole time and, and you've seen and it's, you're you're a fucking tour manager and you work in the industry yeah obviously it's it's been a fucking rough year for all of us for sure yeah and i think i i felt this way about pretty much every award show that has been presented this year i, I it just feels weird like it doesn't feel relevant i don't think Mm-mm. any of it feels really relevant and also you're literally what you're not watching like a good production you're watching people on zoom like mm-hmm. not i love jason sudeikis I was but just gonna say that. he was literally high in a hoodie getting an award on yep. zoom and it's just like all right like that's relatable content though i kind of <laughs> I mean, love that, that. Yeah, that was, i love that, was that. Cool. he was he was baked out of his fucking mind <laughs> in his hotel room at 3 a.m in a hoodie just being like so 
I guess I won. <laughs> right, right. But like, um, yeah, like I, I definitely don't. I definitely don't want to short out the people who have gotten nominated. But I think there's just something to say. And and I mean, Dave, me, like we were talking about this earlier. But like, it's just, it just right now feels like a pat on the back for people that I don't know need it. Do you know what I mean? In a, in a weird way, like, there's all these people are still making tons of money. But when you look at the rest of like, I don't want it to ever be forgotten what the music industry had to go through this year, and the people who worked their asses off to get to the Grammys, we've all had our legs cut out from underneath us. And it's, it's this thing where like, I don't want that to get brushed under the rug because this is something we're all going to look back on as a turning point. And there's been so many bands that I love and artists that I love that have given up because they had no other choice. Mm-hmm. And once again, that's competition and that's circumstances. But like, I know I wasn't going again, going anywhere, but like, there's so many people out there that just had their dreams crushed this year. And it's so odd to like, they just be celebrating shit right now. It doesn't feel right. But at the same time, we're going to give props to the people who are there. And we're going to go through three big categories and give our picks. And we're also going to talk about the performers. So let's start off. Let's go through record of the year. Now, for those of you who don't know what record of the year is record of the year and song of the year are very similar. The record of the year goes to the best recorded song. This doesn't have to do with the songwriters. It's about the actual recording itself. And then Song of the Year is the award for the songwriters. So they're basically the same award as far as the nominees. So we picked one. We went with Record of the Year. Let's go through the nominees, and we'll pick who we think is going to win. So for Record of the Year, we have Black Parade by Beyonce. You know, no surprise that Beyonce's in there. We have Colors by Black Pumas, who to me is a fucking dark horse, unbelievable band. I'm so glad they're getting their props. Rockstar by DaBaby. Huge fucking smash. Uh, Guy had a huge year. Uh, Say So by Doja Cat, which we were teaching Dave earlier, is a big TikTok song. Uh, so we have Doja Cat. Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish. Once again, not a surprise. Congratulations to Billie Eilish. She just continues to dominate the earth. Uh, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Fucking amazing, amazing record that she put out this year. Circles by Post Malone. Ubiquitous everywhere. And then Savage by Megan Thee Stallion. So looking at these, I'll throw it to you guys. Who do you think takes home record of the year? I love a lot of these songs on here, but... I um, I want it to be everything I wanted. Billie Eilish is wonderful. And I think I just watched her documentary on Apple. I heard uh, it was TV. good. Oh my God, it's amazing. And the, the shit that that girl's going through, she's so young. And mm-hmm. just to watch her, like the whole time I felt like I was screaming at the TV, like you deserve better. Like she just continues Dude, to put up with it. she's a fucking kid. She's a kid. And yeah. there's so much you you just don't realize, but I mean, it's cool. Like she writes with her brother and they're yeah. both just really talented. And um, so, yeah, I hope she wins. Well, I think there's a good chance that happened. Dave, yeah. looking at the nominations, who do you think? I love Billie Eilish, too. She's the best. She's fantastic. Um, I didn't know. I don't know a lot of her backstory um, aside from like what's publicly known. Um, mm-hmm. But gun to head, I think that I would have to go with Colors by Black Pumas as well. Uh, dude, I fuck. It's such a good, good fucking song. song. It's, a good it's song. so good. I don't think, like, because I'm looking at it here, and only one song jumped out to me as like it was everywhere. It was just a pop smash. I went with Circles by Post Malone. I think Post Malone's gonna win it. I really do. And I love. There's a lot of songs in here that I really do like, and I think they're all very mm-hmm. deserving of being on here. But to me, like when I think about the past year, like that song was fucking everywhere. I also just really love that song. It's a good I, song. I, yeah. I love that fucking song. Yeah. It's a smash. So we got three different picks. So we got uh, Dave went with Colors by the Black Pumas. You went with Billie Eilish and I went with Post Malone. We'll see where we go there. Now let's go into album of the year. 
we have uh, Janae Aiko, who I'm a huge fucking fan of. She just dropped a new record. That got nominated for Album of the Year. We have Black Puma's self-titled album, uh, the deluxe version, nominated for Album of the Year. We talked about this before the podcast, but apparently Coldplay dropped an album, Everyday Life. I'm a huge Coldplay fan and had no goddamn idea <laughs> that they dropped that album. So, so When think- did they drop it? Do you know? No idea, dude. I just no. seen it. I just seen it on here. I had no it's idea. It's got to be a product of Corona, right? I guess so. And look, I, or look, lack I, of promotion. Yeah, look, just lack of promotion. Like yeah. you don't see it. They're not touring or anything. And they didn't tour it, so it's yeah. pro- it's hard to find out. But so, all right. So, Everyday Life by Coldplay. Uh, Jacob Collier, who we talked about last week, uh, as is a huge favorite of Will's. Uh, he put out a new record, which was fucking awesome, and he's a, an unbelievably talented musician. So, Jacob Collier's new record got nominated. Uh, Women in Music Part 3 by Haim. Notedly a huge Haim fan, so that's in there. Uh, I'm not going to give my, my pick away, but Haim's <laughs> in there. Uh, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. We talked about that with Will last year. It was a fucking pop masterclass. Unbelievable record. Uh, Hollywood is Bleeding by Post Malone. Probably the most popular. It's probably the biggest album of the year as far as these picks go. I also thought that album came out like five years ago, so shows you how time's passing. Uh, and then Folklore by Taylor Swift, one of her two albums this year. So uh, those are our, our nominations for album of the year. Uh, Allie, go ahead with your pick. Yeah, I'm going with Haim because I am obsessed with them. Um, yeah. And also they they might be one of my top favorite live acts to see. Unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. So Now, Dave, if you haven't gotten that broken down yet, so Haim, you've probably heard the name. They've had a lot of like like great albums over the last couple of years. Uh, they're three sisters, actually. Okay. And uh, just fucking incredibly talented musicians. And most recently, before this record, they appeared, they co-wrote and appeared on a bunch of songs on Vampire Weekend's last record. Okay, okay, good shit. Uh, And so I gave my hand away already. I'm going Heim as well. Uh, Women in Music Part 3, just an incredible accomplishment. They're a fucking amazing band. They're so talented. And they do a lot of songwriting as well outside. I'm just a huge fan. I thought that was probably the best album of the last year. Uh, So... Other than I will say the weekend would have won had he been nominated. That's my opinion on that. I re- I, I, I think he I think he would have too. I mean, we'll get into it in a minute, but that's like one of the reasons I just hate the Grammys mm. and award shows in general. Yeah, like the, the politics know, behind it is ridiculous. And I'm obviously not speaking like like U.S. government politics. I'm like, <laughs> what the f- if it's a, if it is actually objectively one of the best albums of the year, it should be nominated for album of the year. And I mean, the numbers don't lie. Like it, it, it doesn't. It, the, the, the guy has 68 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Not to mention the Is fact. That a lot? That's a lot. That's the most in the world. And uh, not to mention the fact that Blinding Lights, which is the biggest single off of it, has been on the charts since 2019. It just yeah. re-entered the top 10. I, I digress. Dave, you did, who's your pick for album of the year? I'm going with Folklore. I So... There's like, yeah, we all know the song Stand by Eminem, some shady marshmallows, mm-hmm. whatever you know. I'm a Taylor Swift stan. I love her. I'm like this wow. close to writing her letters, like <laughs> Stan did in the actual Eminem song. Like, Dear Taylor, you got my. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be nearly that graphic of a song, like, you know. Where he where was, he dies but, off the bridge. Right. The yeah. The song. Nothing, nothing yeah. like that. But I love Taylor <laughs> Swift. I like. If I hear she's dropping a new album, and obviously she gets all cryptic on social media and everything, yeah, like yeah, what yeah. she's about to, um, I as soon as it's it's midnight, like Robbie Fox actually taught me this. 
he'll uh, get someone in Australia, like some random follower mm-hmm. to rip albums for him. So he can get them like 12 hours before they even release because oh it's a, because of the time, time difference. So I did that on folklore this summer and it was awesome. Awesome. So, awesome. Awesome. This fall rather. I think there's a really good chance. She does win. Uh, I also think that Dua Lipa has a chance answer. as well. It's the chalk answer, but I will say this because I've had a lot of conversations on this podcast about my feelings about Taylor Swift. Um, I was never really a big fan. I really I like her. what she's. I like what she's doing now. Um, I really because she worked with the National and Jack Antonoff on this, so mm-hmm. it had kind of like this alternative feel, kind of this woodsy feel. And uh, I mean, you can't deny her talent. She's fucking unbelievably talented. Um, so shout out to Taylor Swift. And I, I never thought I'd be on this podcast giving like a big shout out to Taylor Swift, but I had you know, credit where credit's due. I got to give it to her. Um, let's go into our final pick here. Uh, best new artist. I'm going to run through the nominees and we'll go through who we think is going to win. Uh, Ingrid Andres. I, I actually, I'm not familiar with this artist and I feel kind of bad about that. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers. What a fucking year. She just smashed her guitar on Saturday night live. Badass. Uh, Chica, who had a huge fucking year as well. Noah Cyrus, who, of course, is Miley Cyrus's little sister. Uh, D Smoke. Sounds like something I should be familiar with. I'm not. Uh, Doja Cat. Obviously had a big year. Thank you, TikTok. Uh, Katranata is a name that's been kicked around for a couple years now. Uh, Did songs with Anderson Pack. Just makes the most unbelievably Mm. funky shit. Uh, Would probably be my Dark Horse pick just because I'm a big fan. Uh, But... I, I digress. I'll, I'll finish out the, the rounding here. Uh, probably the front runner, just because of her success this year, would be Megan The Stallion. Had a humongous fucking year. Uh, guys, going off of that list, uh, Allie, who would you pick? Katrinata. Katrinata? It's so funny you said that because, like, that had, that's a name that's been around. Like, I was kind of surprised a while. to see on Best New Artist. So. Me too. Yeah, hopefully. I think that's the industry catching up to what's popular online. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Just just a great fucking record. Dave, who would you pick out of that list? I mean, I I can't in good faith pick somebody because I love them so much. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm not familiar with like and, and and anybody who's followed me in Barcelona knows my musical taste pretty because uh, I, I mean, I, I tweet about it a lot and um, I can't like I couldn't tell you one song that any of these people sing and I know I'm co-hosting a music podcast and that makes me sound like the biggest asshole on the planet. I'm here to learn. So see, that's what up. I was going to say, David, you coach can't, me up. but you've come here since the first episode and said, you guys need to like expand my horizons. And it's, that's what we're it's, doing. It's here. very true. Like my musical knowledge stops and, and you're, we're going to get into this later. Cause you're going to laugh at my, uh, what I've been listening to picks, but, um, <laughs> Like my musical knowledge kind of stops at 2010 or so. Like, like I'll, I'll stumble on new people and people that are putting out music like currently and in today's uh, time and age. Yeah. But it's all the same style of music. It's all like it's it's like bluesy or rock music. And it's not it's I mean, none of the people that I listen to are going to be nominated for Grammys, you know. Well, Dave, it's a beautiful thing about this. Not only are you learning to become a rock star, you're going to learn more about the industry that you're diving into. So that's kind of a good thing. Amen to that. And we all have that thing where our knowledge kind of stops at a certain place. Mine is video games. I know nothing about video games. I fucking, my knowledge stops at N64. I know nothing. Uh, Allie, give me something that you like don't know as much about that you probably should. Mm. We never talked about sports before, me and you. I would say, I would say that's where my knowledge stops. I have very very limited sports knowledge i have such a weird brain (laughs) that i could tell you anything about like 
any sporting event ever. Right. And it's all meaningless information. And I wish I could pack into the, like that part of my brain where I, I remember all these weird facts and plays and games stuff that like made me successful in life, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Well, it worked because out well all you. this stuff, like I, I remember everything, but yeah. important stuff. So, and it's because sports, like it, 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 it takes up all the space in my brain. Dave's, yeah, like, yeah. I, Dave's like, I don't remember my mom's birthday, but I guarantee you, I know exactly the down uh, where Walter Payton broke the rushing record in the NFL. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's, it was I'm 32. Gonna, he had a four, four yard run <laughs> against the Detroit Lions in 1988. I believe it was. Damn. There you go. Exactly. Uh, Ellie, like, what were you going to say? Our, our arena and um, football stadium here are called Wells Fargo and, and the link. And I've only been there for concerts. Like I wow. haven't there gone you go. to a Sixers game or an Eagles game ever. Well, <laughs> so. Allie, shouts out to your honesty. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, my pick for best new artist is Phoebe Bridgers. I think that's been pretty clear by the way I've talked about her on this podcast previously. I think she had the best year. I went through two different phases where it's all I listened to this year was Phoebe Bridgers. Um, shout out to Phoebe Bridgers. I hope she wins, but if not, Kate Trinata, Go that way. And then Megan the Stallion, just all stats should should get the opportunity. But before we get off the Grammys, let's go through the performers real quick. Uh, we talked about this before the podcast, but you know, the, the first half of this are, are the usual suspects or the people that you would expect from the pop side that's gonna bring in the ratings. So you got Taylor Swift, BTS, Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish, Megan the Stallion, Bad Bunny, and Harry Styles. Harry Styles. And, I know I'm excited for Harry. <laughs> you know I love Harry Styles. Yeah, so. I do. I like Harry Styles. We talk, yeah. Dave's a Dave's there a one direction. Nice, I, nice. I think Look, one D's good. I can't disagree they with are. that, dude. I can't disagree with that. And Harry Styles, obviously, fucking finish line was unbelievable. So, uh, so we get past that, and then we start to get into more of like the R side of things, more of like the uh, alternative rock shit. Uh, Black Puma's gonna be performing. Can't wait for that. Uh, Brandy Carlisle, a huge personal favorite of mine. Her Grammy performance two years ago made me cry sitting on the couch. Uh, I, I, that's a, I can't watch that without getting goosebumps and choked up. Uh, baby and Lil Baby are both performing. I'm excited about that. Uh, Haim will be performing as well. Uh-huh. Uh, Brittany Howard, uh, otherwise known as the, the front woman of Alabama Shakes and her many side mm-hmm. projects will also be performing. Miranda Lambert, all-time badass. Uh, and then rounding it out with Chris Martin from Coldplay, John Mayer, me and Dave's favorite, big John Mayer guys. Uh, and then Post Malone as well will be performing. So, I mean, there's a lot to, to watch, and I, I can't wait. Uh, guys, any specific performances you can't wait to see? Definitely excited for Haim. Definitely. Obviously, Harry Styles. Um, I fe- but I, I feel- love Brittany Howard, so I'm very excited. I was going to say, I feel like Brittany Howard performs every year now. Like, I feel like she's almost like a legacy act, and she's in her so 20s. Good. She's so fucking good. She's awesome. So uh, Dave, obviously, we don't even have to say that John Mayer is who we're looking for. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's but, John Mayer though John, it's Mayer, John is Mayer the GOAT G-O-A-T he's the GOAT um, he the, I fucking like, love John Mayer anytime I hear he's doing anything I mean I've seen him in person close to 10 times he I mean he's 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 one of the best ever and and we were talking prior to us hitting record that uh, you, I mean you you can explain it like anytime he's performing live at an award show or some other similar event it's for a reason. What reason was that? Well, this is, are we getting a new John Mayer album? Is he rolling that out? Or I is this going to be, I hope to God we are. Or is this a tribute to somebody who's passed or something like that? We don't know. Cause John Mayer and Gary Clark Jr. Are now the resident. If someone in the blues or the rock world passes, they are the torchbearers for the next generation where they come up and play guitar and they rip it. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Uh, Maybe I talked myself into being a little more interested in the Grammys and being a little less jaded than I thought I was. So, you want, Hey, yeah. want to feel old real quick? Good. 
Continuum is turning 15 years old this year. That means when Continuum came out, uh, it was 2006. I know that for a fact. Yep. Uh, I was in seventh grade. I so. would have been in. I would have been a junior in high school. Yeah, I dude. think a junior in high school. First off, great fucking album. No, uh, I would have been a senior in high school because it came out. I'm looking right now, September 2006. I graduated in 2007, so I was think a senior of, in high school. Think about. I, think I might have been 10. Yeah, Ellie, you're a little bit younger than me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, whatever. Thanks, Dave, for ruining my fucking day. Uh, let's go into <laughs> on the list and off the list. I'll start it then, Allie, then Dave. Uh, my on the list today is all women. Women is on. W- women are on my guest list today. Uh, it is International Women's Day, and I just wanted to give a shout out to all the women that we work with. You know, give be it Erica, Allie, Elena, Scarlett. Shout out Scar, uh, Caroline, who's a touring member of the band. Everybody we work with between label people, we've worked with a lot of women. And uh, I want to give a special shout out to my mom and my wife. So uh, women are on my guest list. Allie, who is on your guest list? I had mine like a little bit more specific of the women in my life, but um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm so lucky like with my family, with my friends, with my coworkers and, and Witty Gritty, who I work for as a team of almost all amazing. We have one guy on our team really? and there's, yeah, we're maybe hitting 15 people and there's one guy. Um, so yeah, I just, am really lucky. I'm surrounded by amazing, amazing women every day. Um, shout out Scarlett. She's one of them, of course. Um, Scar- Scar's the goat course yeah um, uh, but yeah, yeah. ellie ever watched new girl are you yes that's my okay. favorite show ever your office kind of sounds like we're i've never watched we're, it you, oh first off fucking amazing show you need to do it i, I, I told you Never i before. told you last time to watch it uh uh ellie your office kind of sounds like where schmidt works where it's just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh all right yeah. so dave who's your pick for on the list so we were talking about him earlier i gotta give it to my guy mickey Ro- mickey rourke <laughs> For no other reason than in a completely fictitious movie, his, I'm not going to call him ugly, his unattractive, <laughs> his, his unesthetically pleasing looking ass, <laughs> some way, somehow pulled, who is a queen of queens, Marissa Tomei in The Wrestler. Yeah, we were talking about The Wrestler earlier and the fact that we were talking about the fact that in all these movies that these uh, horrible looking dudes wind up dating these amazing looking women. And uh, shout out to Marissa Tomei, fucking the goat. Uh, and shout out to Mickey Work for being incredibly hard to look at. Uh, <laughs> good actor, my, though. Awesome actor. Good, Oscar, good actor. I, he's he's one I, I think uh, best actor, hasn't he? I don't know, man. My, my knowledge of Mickey Work stops at the fact that I can't look at him. Uh, my <laughs> off the, my off the list uh, goes to the NBA dunk contest. Uh, the NBA dunk uh. contest. I have a th- I have a thing here, and they talked about it on part of my take today. But all the dunks have been done. There's nothing else that you can do that will shock right. me in a dunk contest. And it was last night. The NBA dunk contest was last night. The All-Star game was entertaining, but the dunk contest has reached its pinnacle. They need to do something to spice it the fuck up. And there, there was a good conversation on Philly Sports Talk Radio today. The idea was take the top four dunkers from high school, take the top four dunkers from uh, college basketball, and that will entice the top dunkers from the NBA to come in and it's almost like a fucking competition thing. That's what's missing from the dunk contest. Yeah, because LeBron's never done the dunk contest, right? Dude, you have Zion. You have Zach Levine. Yeah, Zion. You have, right. you, there's so many fucking great dunkers. And no, 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 you know, aspersions to fucking Obi Toppin or anybody else who dunked yesterday. Right. But it's like, we need some A-list names, dude. Give me Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon every year. I'll take yep. that. Um, but yeah, off my guest list is the NBA dunk contest. Allie, who's off your, who's off your guest list? 
um, the person who was flying the helicopter directly above my house at 3 a.m. <laughs> last night would Did be you, off my guest list. Dude. How close do you think it was? It felt right on top of me and it woke <laughs> me up. Like I woke up maybe around like 2.30 from it and could not for the life of me get back to sleep. So I was just up for a majority of the middle of the night. And oh. they it just, they've been around these last few days. I don't know what the helicopters are doing, but they're- are Allie, you selling well, drugs at your place like Henry that's Hill? Been, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Is Allie selling right. drugs. But... Let's not blow it up on the podcast. <laughs> Allie, Allie, what part of the city do you live in? Right above, uh, right across the street from Union Transfer. Oh, so you're in like Fairmount? Yeah, right. Like in between Fairmount and Chinatown, kind of. Oh, right uh, okay. So yeah. uh, I'm in Maniunk, which th- now it's becoming a Philly talk podcast. But uh, the other day we had a shooting at a Boost Mobile in my neighborhood. Uh, I didn't know that Boost Mobile still had stores. But they do. Uh, <laughs> they apparently do. they do. Uh, and there was a shooting there because I think it was a front for something else. And there was helicopters all over my neighborhood for hours. Oh, so, wow. Allie, I feel your pain. Dave, yeah. who was off your guest list today? So we talked about him. I think it might have been our first. No, no, no. It was probably more like episode three. But uh, Internet Trolls. Mm, so troll, Dave? Yeah. Well, kind of, sort of. So I'm, I'm running or I'm walking, I should say, with the dog. This was two days ago on, on the 6th. I got the tweet pulled up here. And I had headphones in, and I thought I heard someone yell at me because I was wearing a, a pen uh, hoodie. And I thought I heard someone yell at me from their window, but I couldn't tell, so I just kept walking. I get home, pull up my phone, look at Twitter, and someone <laughs> tweeted me, just saw Barstool WSD's ugly ass walking down the street in Chicago. What an <laughs> idiot that dude is. <laughs> so I see it, and I respond, because, like, I mean, we can say whatever we want for my company. Like, I don't have to put, like, oh, my opinions are mine and not my employers. Like, if we say something that can get us in trouble on Twitter, like, we have to take ownership for it. It's not Barstool's problem. It's our problem, which I love that. Yeah, so no, I responded, be. love how you sprinted to Twitter instead of shit talking to someone's face, you bitch. <laughs> and of course, he just went on and on and on and on. And I'm ignoring him. I'm ignoring him. He's tagging Carabas about what a loser Carabas is and just shit like that. And what do you think this guy's uh, handle is? Oh, my God. Uh, something White Sox. No, it's a it's uh, Savage Tank Beast is his name. <laughs> Oh my and god! It, and his like actual name is just STB, and it's a burner profile picture. And then like the header photo uh, is a dog taking a shit. So ninety nine point nine percent of the times people talk shit on the internet. That's the exact kind of handle you'll see because it's. I mean, this guy could have been some like little dorky, scrawny, like insecure asshole. But when I like when Probably. I I can handle shit talking, but. If you're going to say something, if especially if you see me walking down the street, say it to my face. Say it to my fucking face, you loser, instead of Bro. literally sprinting to Twitter and making sure. So, so yeah, I, I, I told him, like, later on that weekend, uh, on set or on uh, Sunday, I'm like, hey, I'll be at Declan's later. Like, if you want to come, like, we're here. Come like, see me. Come see me. So, uh, I put that, like, like, I can handle anything for the most part. But that one triggered me because he saw me and he had to just run to Twitter to say it instead of now. Did like, you have hey, asshole? I don't like you on Barcelona. It's like okay, sorry, don't read me. Yeah, this. it's an opinion, dude. Did you have Ace with you? Yeah, I did. See, he probably didn't want problem because Ace is a fucking beast. You don't want yeah, he's a lover though. He would have like ran up and jumped on him and like gave him kisses. And he's <laughs> an awful guard dog, bro. Uh, first off, fuck that guy. Uh, I hope the worst things in the world happen to him and only him. Uh, nobody but else it, but him i'm not gonna lie 
it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if I were in your position, I'd be laughing. Yeah. Oh man, it but sounds no. like one of the mean tweets from Jimmy Kimmel. Like hundred percent, like one of those. <laughs> it's just the fact that he saw you in real life and didn't say shit, and then went to Twitter like a little pussy when he yeah, could have exactly. said it in person and you guys could have broke out in fisticuffs. It could have been an issue solved right there. Nobody would have had to know, but That's now it. maybe he beats my ass and made a better man win. Maybe at, not at, at that point. He probably gets to just like take ACE and raise him on his own. I think that's like the rule. Like if you get your ass beat by a troll in, in the streets, that is true. <laughs> all right. So that's on our list, off our list for this week. I uh, let's fucking, go I, like even rereading it just gets my blood boiling. <laughs> Like, say it to my face. Just say it to my face. Let's go into what the fuck we've listened to for Dave has a stroke. Uh, <laughs> my pick, my first pick, I went with Brandy Carlisle. I mentioned it. The joke is the song I went with. It was the song she performed at the Grammys a couple years ago. Song makes me cry. It's one of the most perfectly fucking executed songs. One of the best vocal performances of all time. Also uh, produced by Dave Cobb, who does Jason Isbell and does Sturgill Simpson and does uh, like Tyler Childers and a bunch of people that I love. So Brandy Carlisle, you are the queen. The joke is my pick. Allie, what's your first pick? Um, leave the door open by Silksonic. I'm so excited that Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac are together um, because I love both of them separately. And that I feel like they like took us back in time with that song. And I think the album's gonna be incredible. And I'm just dude, I'm dead serious when I tell you I texted Bruce Warren right after I heard it for the first time. Uh, for those of Dave, Bruce Warren runs WXPN. It's a huge radio station in Philadelphia. Yep. And best. I was like, I was like, what do you think about that? And he said, that shit's too hot. I already played it. On <laughs> I already played it. Uh, and it, for, for those listening, Silk Sonic is the collaboration album that's going to be coming out between Bruno Mars and my personal, the man who created my favorite album in the last 10 years, Anderson Pack. Mm. Uh, Dave, I'm sending you a copy of Malibu by Anderson Pack in the mail if I need to. It is. Amazing. It's going to be a fucking phenomenal album. Allie, it's a great pick. Dave, well, I just uh, ran, not to brag, Ooh. close to six miles today th- in two different sets. Um, so I'm going to be eating uh, grilled chicken today for dinner. So I'm going to throw it on right when I start cooking dinner. How's that sound? Perfect. Bro, that's, a, that's a good cooking I'm album, lean, actually. mean, and healthy. Bro, Dave's going to be a rock star with a fucking six-pack. This kid's going to be on fire. Nah, I'm, I'm not doing ab workouts. Fuck that. Dave. I'm not lifting anything. I'll run. That's it. Dave, don't ever sell yourself short. You can do it. I know I can. <laughs> it's that lifting heavy shit is though. Actually, that's what I'll put for my off the lesson set of internet trolls. Lifting heavy stuff. Lifting Bro. heavy stuff sucks. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to put you on the Keith Richards uh, fucking Keith Richards slash model diet. You're doing nothing but smoking cigarettes from now on. You're not eating or drinking. Oh, You're just I hate gonna cigarettes. Fucking sm- Doesn't matter, dude. You're about to just fucking get you shredded up, dude. Uh, what's your first pick, Dave? Uh, so <laughs> I, so I told you guys I was going to date myself. So for some reason, <laughs> um, since the weather's been turning, I've been getting outside a little more. I've been listening to a lot of NWA and Woo! the song express yourself, Fantastic. I think is one of the best rap songs of all time. Great. Sample. And the, the, the lyrics are unbelievably true <laughs> top to bottom. The beat is awesome. Obviously it's NWA, like uh, Dr. Dre, baby. best, best rappers in history. So I've been uh, going down in the last like three, four days, a little bit of an NWA rabbit hole and express yourself. That's my favorite song of theirs by far and away. It's a chalk pick uh, for my favorite song of theirs, but I think like it, it's chalk for a reason, you know, bro. That's a great song for the time of the year too. That's a good spring. It's, song. it's a great spring song. Yeah. Oh, and, that's a great like, pick. and we talk about the weather. I probably too much admittedly on this show, but uh, <laughs> I mean, we live in shitty weather 
parts of the country. Fact. And um, as soon as that that first sixty degree sixty degree day hits, like your music changes. It changes. Oh yeah. It goes from like winter. Like I'll be starting to listen to more country music because it's summer. It's like getting towards summer out now. Mm-hmm. No, and see, you say we talk about the weather too much. The weather and the aesthetic of what's going on around you determines a lot of the music that you're going to listen to. For sure. To. So Absolutely. Absolutely. All, time is a flat circle, my friend. Uh, my second pick, I went with Forever Young by The Band and Bob Dylan from The Last Waltz. Uh, and I know, I think Big Cat's a big uh, Last Waltz fan, so I think this is something that he, he would He listens know. to fucking sneaky, awesome music, by the no, way. No, I know. I always see the things he puts on, on Twitter, yeah. and I'm like, holy shit. We have a lot of the, like him and I personally, have a lot of the exact same taste of music. Well, I always Which see I wouldn't have ever guessed from him. I always see him with the Grateful Dead shit on, too. Yep. So I'll give him a shout out for that. But Forever Young by He's the band and Bob Dylan. Uh, this is from a, a performance from the concert movie by Martin Scorsese, The Last Waltz. It was the, the band who were a Canadian band that were Bob yep. Dylan's backing band when he went electric. Uh, and just great harmonies. Bob Dylan doesn't have a pretty voice, but, you know, Levon Helm and everybody in the band makes up for it with their harmonies. So shout out to them. Forever Young by the band and Bob Dylan. Allie, what's your second pick? Um, so mine is from actually our guest, Jared. Um, so I quickly, my story with Jared is that I met him at Firefly the year before you guys played and he did a quick interview in our media tent. And after that, him and I just like became friends and all throughout the festival, I would hear my name being yelled and it was like Jared (laughs) from like across the field. Um, yeah. And he's just been a really cool person to know. He's super smart, super talented. Um, and then ever since then, like every time he's in Philly, he'll just get, get me on the on the guest list uh, to his show and we get to hang out. Um, being on and, the guest list is the best. Yeah, it is. The it best. is. There's no on a guest list. Last time we were at Boot and Saddle, RIP, and um, there, he just got off stage and the room was packed with like his fans and people there to see him and he like stood at the bar with me and gave me a full book report on Lord of the Rings and why I should read them. Um, and so like, he's just great. Like I just, it was so funny to like have that experience with them. But anyway, my pick is, um, song for a girl by Jared and the mill. It's Boom. very lovely. By the way, great interview coming up with him. So stick around Can't, towards the yeah. end. Shout out to Allie Adams. Uh, Dave, your second <laughs> pick. So do you guys ever, I mean, this happens to me very, very regularly. Do you guys ever get songs from commercials stuck in your head? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Okay. I got one stuck in my head from an MLB dot or not MLB.com an MLB net or network TV show. And I have never heard of them. You guys probably have. Um, it's crumbs by Jordan Dennis. No, no idea. It's, Mm-mm. it's some, it's some like rappy R and B song, but it's like upbeat and it's good spring weather song. And it, every time this commercial plays and I just, I have MLB net on all day long. Right. I, I see the same shows like three different times. I can tell you exactly what that idiot Chris Russo is about to say or something like that. But um, it, it's it's on constantly. And it's the song's been stuck in my head. Um, I don't we don't have the rights to it, so I can't play it. But um, <laughs> it's called Crumbs by Jordan Dennis and um, never heard of him. But it's a really good fucking song. It's perfect. Like day drinking on a patio or like at a barbecue Ooh. song. Uh, if you got like a pool, um, I don't I'm not that upper class yet one day um but yeah that's what i've been listening to 
bro, I got a theory about pools because my wife was talking to me the other day about like when we move, like we should, oh, we should get a pool. Like, and I'm like, oh, you, nobody, should. you should. Oh nobody, no, you no, don't want them. I no, heard. nobody wants a pool. You want to have a friend with a pool. Exactly. exactly. It's like a, it's like a boat. You don't want to own the boat. You want a friend who will let you on the boat all the time because there's a lot of responsibility. So boats are huge in Chicago because we have the lake. Right. And I got a handful of friends that make a ton of money and they each of them, they bought one of them was like a hundred thousand dollar boat, real nice boat. And another one's got like a half million dollar boat. It's it's a yacht. It's fucking crazy. Um, I should say I don't really like the guy, but (laughs) when he invites you on the boat, you say yes. But um, on the on the the ladder, I should say on the on the bigger boat. Um, But each of them, they're just always like, oh, man, I got to take the boat down to Indiana. It's got all mm-hmm. this, like, maintenance. It's got – I'm like, that sounds awful. But, yeah. like, next I, time you bring it out, let me know. I'll be there. I grew up in a household where uh, having a boat was not an option, obviously, on money-wise. Uh, but my dad always, like, growing up, I, I think it was his, like, way of being, like, uh, boats are stupid because we couldn't afford one. He's like, fucking boats are money pitch. You never want a boat. You want a friend with a boat. And it's always stuck it, it, with no, me. No, it's true. It's true. Well, also, Allie can attest to this. We have the river. We have the Delaware River right yep. right on the edge of Philadelphia. If you want to come out with the amount of limbs that you went in with, <laughs> don't go in the fucking river. You're going to come out with either an extra arm, an extra hand. Glowing. Oh, back. yeah. Like radioactive. Coming Big out little Chicago history lesson. So the river, so there's the Chicago River, which isn't, it's it's not like the Mississippi or or the Delaware River. It's not that big of a river. Um they so they they used to in the like in the industrial boom in the early 1900s when Chicago was, you know, exploding as an industrial port city. Um, they used to just dump all their uh, garbage into the river Jesus. and then just let it flow out into the lake. Oh. And it was like it was like pig guts and shit from all the all the uh, like uh, slaughterhouses, butcher, and like shit. slaughterhouses. Uh, oh. They would just dump their garbage in it. Um, so, but then once they realized, Hey, this is probably really bad for like people living here, <laughs> they reversed the flow to the river. Um, cause so the Chicago river goes to the Kankakee river, to the Illinois river, to the Mississippi river where, uh, St. Louis is. So we reverse the flow of the river, some engineering, like, you know, you send it all to St. Louis and they just sent all the garbage to St. Louis. Oh my God. That is so <laughs> I swear to God. Listen. I'll- Oh Go my down. God. Go I'll never forget. I was like with a friend, we were sitting on the river and we were having such a nice, peaceful moment. It was like Zen and like, you know, the sun had just set. It was super nice. And he just looks at me and he goes, So, uh, how many, how many bodies do you think were dumped in this river? <laughs> like from now on, I can't, I know, I can't think of anything else. Probably <laughs> Listen. a ton. Listen, man, when the X Games came to Philadelphia when we were kids, I remember watching it on TV and uh, Sal Masakela called it the Willy Wonka River. He called uh, he called the Schu- the Schuylkill River the Willy Wonka River because it was just straight brown. There was no it was fucking, uh, just and they were like brown. they were like fucking like wakeboarding in it and I was like you guys yeah. are just oh, so you, if you fall in you're coming out with either like a used condom or a dirty diaper on you like there's there's nothing oh. Allie knows what I'm talking about all I right know. whatever that, that that's what the fuck we've been listening to let's go in to our interview with the one the only John J R Robinson. Well, what we will do, how about I just go right into the little intro and we'll, we'll just roll from this. Uh, you, well, we can get that. Yeah, you, whatever you want to do, man. It's, it's my honor and, and uh, thanks for having me on your show. Well, real quick, before we get started, do you want to go by John or JR when I'm when I'm kicking shit? You know what? Head? And there's another story. My, uh, my, you know, I grew up as John Robinson. My dad's name was John Robinson. And even though his name was Jack, 
but they started calling me JR and then Quincy kind of penned it uh JR uh with Michael because everybody everybody had nicknames right so thank god mine was just my initials I mean Michael's <laughs> nickname was smelly you know because he was always so funky so Quincy would call him hey smelly come here you know and and <laughs> And Hawk, you know, was Hawk. Uh, uh, Greg Fillingaines was Mouse. Lewis Johnson was Boot. And I, I'm not sure where that came from. <laughs> His yeah, JR brother is really not a bad one. No, no, I, I, I got the good one. I mean, Michael Boddicker was Lily. And I and people think because he was so white. So, I, you know. <laughs> I got a buddy from high school. Uh, actually, we were 12 years old at the time. So this is prior to high school. We just got done playing a baseball game. We all went to my buddies to swim. But before we got in the pool, we played a pickup basketball game. And he smelled like ass, just like straight B.O. And we're like, oh, my God, you stink. And to this day, we're all 32 years old. He's my age. Uh, to this day, his nickname stink. Oh, like, he, see, doesn't, well, like, he doesn't even try to fight it anymore. He just accepts it at this point. We have a friend of ours in Philly who, uh, when he was in eighth grade, just he... He's not the smartest guy in the book, uh, but he, he, he generally he's my best friend in the world. His name is Droopy. And to yeah. this day, he's a Philadelphia police officer, but to his friends is known as Droopy. So if you ever meet anybody in Philadelphia named Droopy, he's my boy. But you I, know what? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I, I love Philly to death. And, uh, you, you know, St Stanley and I are extremely close. And uh, we're, we're working on possibly something new for 21 here. There you go. Uh, and, you know, now with the passing of Chick, it was it's been it's been very devastating uh, yeah. you know, to, to the to the whole world and everything. But my engineer, even though I'm self-contained here at, at my studio because of the, you know, digital storing and stuff. But my engineer, Steve Sykes, is from Philadelphia also. There we go. So, I mean, I, man, I love every time I'm in Philly, if I'm working or it's during the NFL, I'm going to see somebody fight in the stands. My man, that's oh, what we yeah. do. That is what we do. Uh, my bachelor party, we did a uh, week one Eagles game last year. Oh. And uh, my buddy Sean wound up throwing beers at some poor kid who was just standing in the alleyway. So it's, it's what we do. We're bred to do it. He's from Chicago, so he's not far off. Oh, well, hey, listen, those are two of my favorite cities, man. Hey, we're, I mean, Chicago's Midwest nice. We're, we're accepting and we have good, like, camaraderie to our opposing fans and stuff. Nah, I don't well, want to hear I, it. I actually, well, you know what? I take that back. Sox, White Sox fans are not. Cubs fans. Oh, and, and, and I concur with you there. And, uh, you know, my parents, uh, God bless them all. Uh, before they got divorced and they were in love, you know, they uh, they lived in Chicago for a long, 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 long time. So every time I go out to the pier or, or I'm doing it some gig for some mm -hmm. corp or something, you know, I'll go out and, uh, you know, and get uh, some, uh, what is it, Giamatti? Uh, uh, oh, Giordano's? Giordano's is out Giordano's, there. Giordano's, yeah. So it's that's, very, that's tourist shit, though. That's it tourist is shit. It, it is tourist shit. I mean, trust me, I've had uh, duets. I've had duets and stuff, but... I, I kind of like romance and reminisce about my parents actually being in love and making out on the fucking pier. You know? so, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, that's kind of sick, but you know, maybe that's cool. for me, man. All right. So for, yeah. for those of you, we're keeping all that for those of you who are just jumping in now, we have John J.R. Robinson on the podcast today for just a little background. He was selected by Rolling Stone magazine as one of the 100 greatest drummers of all time. If you've heard a hit song in the last 40 years, there's probably a good chance that he's been on it. John, uh, first question that I wanted to ask right at the top. So online, you're known as one of, if not the most recorded drummers in history. Is there a chance you actually know the number of songs that you've drummed on in the past? That's a great question. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was uh, we were speculating. Uh, all I can tell you is, and then I'll give you a number, is um, 
there was so much activity going on in 1980 to about 1998 and you know where we would uh, we would be running uh, and I, you know i live in the la basin so we'd be running uh, up to three drum sets a day during doing sessions so you know we'd be like oh, i got a i got a 10 a.m and the 10 a.m is only going to one all right so i got to get across town all right we're going to use set two for this at evergreen and then we've got a six o'clock starting at uh signet or motown or somewhere and so we got to run a third set so you know carnage was rocking in those days yeah, and, and so so to answer your question i've gone with a company called transparence uh uh owned by this great dennis dreef who used to be the head of the rma and he's an activist for uh just you know every time in the united states when you hear a hit record are we getting paid for it mm. well we weren't for years and now it's starting to come to, you know to pass here so the number that we've uh, come up with is 3400 oh uh, my god so that's that's what we're looking at and you know, I mean, obviously, the late great Hal Blaine played on a, a, a you know about a hundred number one or top tens, and uh, and I've equaled that. And um, you know, we we also do count country western music. You know, I've got a lot of Asian hits, and I've got a lot of Mexican oh, wow. hits, like like Luis Miguel, for example, is just Sweet. you know who who was a, I think a household name in the states. Uh, you know, I did about six albums with him, and and really? most of those were you know at least number ones. Uh, so. You know, so what we've we're we're starting to and you know another thing about you know we're like uh, like a session session sausage that's kind of what we are we're we're a fucking sausage you know you get a call and you come in and oh what are we doing today blah 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 you know so you you adapt you're a chameleon so uh sometimes you'd be doing a, a track for a film the the opening track or the end track uh you know i'll give you an example an old movie with um Diane Keaton, Bette Midler, and Goldie Hawn called First Wives Club. Yeah, the First Wives Club. Great, great movie. You know, you got to sit with your girl most of the time and watch it. However, <laughs> you know, because all of us that have been divorced have, uh, you know, wreaked the havoc and the pain of that shit. Well, I play, <laughs> I played on the, the closing title of that is You Don't Own Me, da, da, which is a great hit by, I think it was Leslie Gore. And, um, I played on that and it became another hit, but you don't get listed on their record. Ah, so we have to go in and find that stuff. So, so you had to do a little digging. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you got to be a digger. So now you've worked with like Murderer's Row of musicians: Michael Jackson, Steve Winwood, Madonna, uh, John Fogarty. Like I could go on for days about it. Is it easier to ask you who you haven't worked with or drummed for? I should say it is, and and, and there's still a wish list. I was just going to, who's on your wish, the list? wish list. Yeah. And, um, Abraham Laboriel senior, or I'm sorry, junior, uh, of course is Paul McCartney's drummer. Who's oh, a yeah. very, very, very dear friend of the mine. Monster. And, uh, he and I did me, me, him and Vinny did pirates of the Caribbean two together, which I have full video of, of us doing it, but I would love to play with Paul, uh, you know, a couple of songs, even though I've played on songs he's written, Ooh. And uh, which was Girlfriend by uh, uh, Michael Jackson. Paul McCartney wrote I that. I forgot that he did that. Yeah, and that was kind of, you know, it was kind of a B-flat uh, pop tune. Yeah. But, um, and I always wanted to work with George, and uh, unfortunately George died. I think that uh, my 
the way I think and play would have been really, really good with George Harris. So that, my favorite Beatle. That I think a lot of people's. And uh, you know, I've worked with Ringo. Um, uh, we did the end title to Curly Sue, uh, where <laughs> which and you know, and he gave me some shit. You know, your your high hat part was just not swinging enough. <laughs> I go, okay, well, you know, you're singing flat, motherfucker. <laughs> You're talking shit to a beetle is exactly what this podcast is about. That's, That's exactly. I, mean, uh, I, lo I love Ringo dearly, and uh, there may be something in the future going on. So that, that's oh, all. breaking not, news! Breaking news! Yeah, yeah well, not his live band, but some something else. So uh, dude, you know, how did the whole session drummer thing start for you? Because I know you played live. You're you're a live drummer as well, but like love li love live. I mean, I've I've worked with different session drummers in Nashville. I, I work for uh, right for CSAC, so I'm down there a lot, and I'm in the studio with guys and. You're just a fucking different breed. It, to be a chameleon like that and be able to play for so many different people is just a different skill set. So how did that all start? Yeah, interesting. I mean, you know, growing up in Southwest Iowa, uh, town was called Creston. Creston was uh, the largest railroad town in the 1800s uh, between Denver and Chicago. And we had a huge roundhouse. So it was very mm. famous, the larger city in the 1800s. And then, you know, I grew up, it was very, very musically inclined um okay we're, we're with big band jazz in school so i started playing with my my band directors at age 15 even though i had a cream band and mm. you know i had all these rock bands and stuff so i was doing all of it and at the same time i was a basketball star we can and a track star so we can talk about that at another what was your uh what was your 400 i was an 880 guy we we had Ooh, wow we, we had the old days my 880 time was 23 2 that's hauling ass jesus that's my my, ass. my hundred yard dash by the time i got out of the gates i was done so <laughs> you know I, I was a slow groper there so i was probably in the in the 11s and um uh but that's that's a, a whole, whole nother i now loved there, track oh my god i love track is there yeah. anybody else that has made it big like you have out of crescent or your area because going from yes. Creston to to berkeley school of music to working with all these world famous musicians has got to be like you got to be on like the water tower in Creston. Yeah. there uh, well that's it, it well, hold on royalty stream hold on <laughs> uh literally it's a royalty stream Actually, Beautiful. we used to climb up there and I think piss off that water tower. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you know, once I finished drag racing. So that was the other thing. You know, you know, growing up in Iowa, I, I'm near Kansas City. Mm. I'm further away from Chicago. The Vikings were way north and nobody really cared about the Lions until Alex Karras became a Lion who was okay. from Iowa. So that's how I became a Chiefs fan. But uh, even back in, you know, the, uh, the Texan days, in the early 60s. But um Marsha Wallace. Hmm. Marsha Wallace uh, was uh, on the Bob Newhart show, and she was that kind of yeah. gangly, red-haired uh, comedian. Oh, okay. And so she, and but she was a lot older than I was. I, I mean, know exactly who she is. I know. I just looked her up. I know exactly who she is. She was so funny, and um, you know, unfortunately, uh, I mean, she lived out here in Beverly Hills, and and we had gone back to Creston, where we we both got awarded. Uh, the Crescent High School Hall of Fame, I and I go, man, I'm only coming back if you get me, like, get me some old muscle car I can drive around. And they wanted a parade, <laughs> so they gave somebody gave me a '77 Vet, Ooh, and so it worked. It, it, it did work, <laughs> and, and and so I flew back to Creston, uh, uh, and and I, 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 you know, I could barely get in this Corvette anyway, 
and uh, and I, I waited for Marsha to come in the next day. And I, I think my dad was still alive. And um, I went out to like Walmart and bought a bunch of candy. And I threw it in the in the base of the Corvette, you know, because you're in a parade, you know, you want to hand the candy out. Oh, yeah. So the next day it's parade day. I get Marsha in the car because I, I had known Marsha and her brother, uh, Gunner, God bless his soul. He was our designated driver in high school. Let's just put it that way. That's why it's <laughs> called Gunner. But um, we we got all this candy. She goes, what is all this candy for? I go, we're supposed to like, you know, throw it at the people when we're in the parade. She goes, okay. So she's like firing it at the, you know, at, and she goes, uh, it was, it was uh, a, a good, good memory, but good time. Uh, yeah. Good times. Dude, you probably man. love just like running back. Cause I mean, that's small town, any town USA, you probably just, I mean, do you stay in touch with like high school friends from there and everything? We're still in our, our uh, collegiate uh, football pool. There you we, go. We, we've been doing it since high school. And uh, I won this last year. I did not win uh, because I think the COVID thing just, and the playoffs kind of screwed things up. Yeah. But uh, the two years before I won two years in a row. So, there you go. Uh, you Hawkeyes for, fan at two, I'm assuming? Uh, when we're good, yes. I'm an oh, okay. Iowa basketball Hawkeyes fan now. Good team. You know, with Garza. Until, yeah, uh, they got smoked by Michigan the Ridiculous. other day and lost me a ton of money. We won't have to go down. Oh, did you route. bet that game? Yeah, I bet that game. I thought Iowa was going to be incredible this year. I thought they were going to be like like a final. Well, they game are. I mean, they're pretty <laughs> good. They're not as good as I thought they'd be. I should say. I mean, they're a good team, but the Big Ten. The Big Ten is too it's good. Awesome. I'm a Michigan fan. Me and Dave were talking. Dave there went. There to, Dave's a Northwestern fan. I'm a Michigan fan. Ah. There we go. We'll, we'll just have to have a Big Ten fight at some point in this, yeah. in this entire interview. We'll just go, with and that. then we'll all make up and and, boo, and drink a lot of beer. I'm cool. That's what that. we do. That's great. That's what me. we do. <laughs> Yo, uh, real quick, Jr. How'd you meet Quincy Jones? Um, the first time I met him, actually, uh, when I was a kid, I was trying to go to his jazz band camp. Uh, uh, so I went to a whole bunch of them when I was. I went to Iowa State University for basketball camp, which I made the All Star team. Boom. Not to brag. Uh, but then I went to all these jazz camps at Illinois State and, and with my cousin Mark and stuff. And I was trying to get into Quincy's camp and it was up in South Dakota. It was just too far. And I couldn't make it because I was working yeah. and I was gigging. So uh, when I moved to, from Boston to Los Angeles and joined Rufus and Shaka, mm. um, the management, Fitzgerald Hartley, set me up with a to go to this. It's called The Concert. And it was down at Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. And it was just all these really hip musicians playing uh, unbelievably just weird classical jazz, weird stuff. And I was I, I seated right by Quincy. Oh. And uh, it was I think it was set up. And because um, Quincy always liked musicians that came out of Berkeley. Right. You know, it was kind of like, the again, the Buddy Rich would go pillage Berkeley for his band or North Texas State. So. You know, and that was the first time I had met him. And we had done a Rufus solo record. And this was on ABC Dunhill in 1978 called Numbers. And um, I actually brought Freddie Hubbard in as a guest star on one really? song. And, uh, but I was still really green, uh, you know, learning about studio technique, even though I was the studio drummer at Berkeley. So I guess the answer is I got into doing studio work at Berkeley in 1970, uh, late 73, early 74. Mm. and then met Quincy and then Quincy ended up liking the solo record and then hired me uh to start well he started producing the Rufus Shocker record which was Master Jam uh, that was in late 78 early 79 and Master Jam literally morphed into Off the Wall I mean my drums didn't even move 
So it, it was was the, the was the Shaka moment kind of like your moment where you were like, okay, I'm fucking doing this now. Like this is my like I am a, now a drummer. Like you felt like a pro. I uh, know. I'd always felt like a pro. Thank ah. God. I I turned pro when I was ten, and uh, that was just a you know. And what does that mean? That means that me and this kid who was a guitar player opened up for a high school rock band and we got paid. Dude, That's I love your. I fucking love your attitude. You're the best, man. <laughs> This is fucking perfect. All right, so you do the shocking thing, then you do off the wall. What was it like working with Michael Jackson? It, uh, it was it was fantastic. I mean, when you know when I met him, he's I know he's probably what four years younger than me at that well at the same point, but uh, he was you know good looking kid, mm -hmm. really shy, incredibly really? talented, brought a whole bunch to the table, and, and that this was at the same time where the semblance of uh, all avenues all converged on the same time at in late 78, uh, 79 uh, for this record off the wall. It was Rod Temperton. You know, I mean, the, where would <clears throat> where would the writers, you know, if, it, there were, if there was no rock with you, that fucking record would have sucked. God, um, that's the best fucking song, dude. I love know, and fucking... which ironically is Rufus, by the way. Really? Rock with you is the band Rufus with Michael. No shit. And, um, uh, and then we have uh, Greg Fillingames, just an amazing talent from Detroit. You know, who was Stevie's guy, and Greg's one of the uh, top musicians uh, of all time. Uh, and then we had the great David Williams, who unfortunately has passed. Uh, the guitar player. We just player. talked about we, him last week. We just talked with, about him last week. Yeah, <laughs> with, with Madonna. Man, and mm -hmm. I got stories about David. God bless him. Well, you know his name is David Williams, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Well, I mean, we, if you're if you're as funky as he is, man, God bless you. We I got had, absolutely no funk in me. Well, so, so real quick, John, like part of this podcast is I'm a touring musician. I, I'm I'm a lead singer of a band. Dave is I'm teaching Dave to be a fucking rock star. That's what he's doing. The, right now, Dave is in the process of becoming a fucking rock star. So we're, I'm teaching him how to play the guitar. We're going to get a bunch of people involved to help him along his way, which, by the way, you're now a part of the team to turn him into a excellent. rock star. So, excellent, yeah, excellent. We're going to be knocking on your door come, I don't know, May or June. Yeah. Uh, hopefully yeah. the pandemic's like, you know, somewhat in the rear view mirror. And we're just going to be like, hey, like, like, all right, your sessions for my guitar right now. Colin, you could lead sing. You don't, you're not allowed to touch the guitar. And we're oh. just going to just put out awesome music. Yeah. Uh, man. Add it to your number one hit list. I'm there, and, you know, I've got the full studio ready to rock, man. Boom. There you go. There we go. I mean, we have home base now because we're. I want to be out in L.A. and get some work done out there, too, because I got some friends out there. But right. if you had to give Dave some advice as someone getting into the industry, what kind of advice would you give Dave in 2021? Well, it's amazing. It's a really good question. Um, you know, most of us started playing when we were really young. Mm -hmm. You know, I started playing piano when I was five and uh, hated it because I, I wasn't ready for it. Mm. I wasn't mathematically ready for piano. And my dad used to kind of be a tyrant about that. And, uh, and, then I, and then I switched to drums, but I kept playing piano. So uh, be, now that you're not a ute, so you, you, you <laughs> have to youths. figure out- I'm washed up. You know, play from your heart's desire and, and maybe come up with something that makes you unique to everybody else. That's 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 basically what Corey Wong just told me last week. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with them. Uh, yeah. He said the exact same thing. He's like, do what you love to do and find your own like your own style. And once you find that style, it's like like it'll just be off to the races for you. you well, know? I mean, to, from my perspective too, as someone who I'm like five six years into the industry now, 
it took me until like, cause you go through phases of trying to figure out what the fuck you are, how you fit in the industry or like you try and be something else. Right. And then it was probably like six months before the pandemic to where like we, me, the rest of the band, we looked at each other and we're like, let's just do it our way. Like, let's just, we're, we're six mm-hmm. dickheads from Philadelphia. Let's just be who we are. Let's just go with that. And, uh, it's funny to hear other people who are like way more successful say that shit. Cause it's really the truth. You just got to be who you are. It is. And, and, you know, uh, interestingly enough, when I was younger and idolizing these great jazz drummers and studying with them, there weren't as many drummers and guitar mm-hmm. players. And, you know, if you really look at like, you know, what's happened, you know, since the, 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 the creation of, of Zeppelin and the, you know, which was drum guitar based, this spewed, uh, just massive amounts of, or, or the Beatles. I, I want to play guitar. I want to sing in a band, you know, yep. if, if none of this had happened, there wouldn't be that many uh, musicians today. There's an awful lot of competition. Oh, so yeah. what you have, what you have to do is not look at it as competition. You look at it and embrace it. Uh, for example, you see Paul Stanley, he just recut Ooh child. I saw going, that. you know, and we did it for a film that um, uh, I did the music to um, called, you know, the Bronx USA. And we, we, we cut it with some other people, but Paul Stanley's version is ridiculous, man. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, and maybe he's reinventing himself. He was always a great singer, but he's known to be make made up and kiss, you know? Yeah, of course. You know, but this is Paul Stanley, you know, he, he just walk up and sing on a damn microphone. <laughs> well, here's my question. So we're talking about being yourself, like as a session drummer, who's obviously done a million fucking songs, the, the you know, number one hits soundtracks, all that. What makes you special? Like, what what about your drumming makes you such a good studio drummer? Like, what makes you Jr.? That's an interesting question. And um, first of all, I've developed my own style. Mm. My style is not like anybody else's. And, and and let me give you maybe a an analogy on that. When I was at Berkeley, and there was a period of time at Berkeley where here was in the class with me, Steve Smith, uh, Kenwood Denard. Vini Caliuta, uh, a drummer named Frosty, and I can't remember the, the, the oh, and Casey Shirell. And we were all, all in one of these classes together. It was kind of like a uh, Gary Chafee class. It was very, very like polyrhythmic class. Oh, okay. I was struggling, man. You know, I'm struggling playing nine over two and then going seven over four and then having that fit in two half notes. So, uh, but it was very interesting because all of us, have become famous in one way or another, mm. uh, but none of us are the same. It, and uh, that, and we were all there together at the exact same time. So I guess um, I pride myself ha- of having great time. Mm. So that comes with, and North American drumming comes from your, you know, I'm right-handed. So it comes from my right foot. So yep. my downbeats basically, and I teach this, uh, are of God. That's what, if you're going to make a statement, you, you, you need to start with what's your forte right, and right. build the groove around that. So, uh, my, my groove is built around my bass drum part and whatever else is around it. Uh, you know, when I joined Rufus, I was playing really fast, like Billy Cobham, like mm-hmm. and live and loud. And when I, Got into the band. They uh, the guys looked at me. And they go, "Don't play that shit." <laughs> they go, "We just want you to play two, one and three, and two and four, and just groove." I go, "Really?" 
Dude, when I was when I was a kid, dad, when I was a kid, my dad used to talk about guys like Steve Vai. Like if you're a guitar player, right? Oh he, yeah. He always used to call it. Uh, he he was he was just jerking off. My dad always used to say, he's like, why is he doing that? It makes no fucking sense. It's like you're not even part of the band. And when like we're in the studio and stuff, and like say Jimmy, our drummer, starts going off on a tangent, or it's like, dude, stop jerking off. Fucking play the part and play what's best for the song. And I feel like looking at your list of songs, and like what I've seen, obviously the hits speak for themselves, but you play to the song very well. That's the key. That's absolutely the key. It's right there. I mean, you, we, we could do a whole uh, complete new podcast show always on just play for the song. Hey, maybe I'll do that. Dude, uh, first off, we get credit. We get, I want 50% off top. Like that's, that's the rule there. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we but, just but, made that rule up, but it's the rule. But that's, that's what it rule. is. I mean, and I mean, and then, you know, we, we get, we get, well, what's the word? We almost like, whipped when we see a van halen or we see a zeppelin or we see a beatles or yep. we see um any kind of a hip r&b band like uh, sly or oh yeah rufus you know so you you think oh my god you know uh, this is all really hip uh but and, and and it collectively it works really well but when you try to break that out individually sometimes it doesn't work at all and um my bass player from Rufus, Bobby Watson, famous, famous, great bass. He also was, again, on Rock With You. Bobby Watson, he would produce stuff outside of Rufus, and he'd always call me, and he goes, hey, do uh, you, you want to play drums on this stuff? And I go, sure, 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 sure. And then finally, one day he called me, he goes, I'm going to try another drummer. Ooh. And I just wanted to call you and make sure you're cool with that. And I go, I, man, I have no problem with that. You know, I was working a lot. And, yeah. And blah, 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 blah. And I'm not going to mention the drummer's name uh, other than he was incredibly famous. And this, ha this has happened to me more than once. Uh, matter of fact, probably 10 times. I think I know what you're going to say. Well, he cuts the tracks and he called me up on a Friday night, like crying. He goes, this is the worst shit I ever did. <laughs> yep. And, and I go, well, what's wrong? What happened? He goes, man, he just, he, he couldn't lay back. He couldn't lay back in the pocket, man. He goes, everything was pushed. Everything was pushed. And I go, well, do you want me to recut them? <laughs> well, yo, you don't do you know think, what you have until you lose it. Do you, you know? feel competition with other drummers like in that in that space, like the Kenny Aronoffs of the world and like people like that? I, well, you know what? Kenny and I do a lot of these shows together. And, mm. uh, you know, I am not wearing dark glasses. <laughs> you know, I'll fuck with him right to his face. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> but but we have a lot in common i mean i love love the man dearly we both grew up similarly uh you know midwest boys uh you know the beatles kind of struck a chord and uh we were both trained you know mm -hmm. so you know i love that but you know kenny uh, has his you know he's god bless him he's all ripped up and uh, and health looks good and <laughs> uh, you know he's got his thing you, you know, with, with people like Steve Gadd, uh, is it competitive with Steve Gadd? Steve Gadd set the bar. He set the bar higher than anybody. So, you know, and it's like technical drummers like Vinny. There is no competition. Right. He's just a freak of nature that is probably, I don't know if he'll go down as the greatest soloist of all time. My opinion, that's Buddy Rich. Boom. And I think it always will be Buddy Rich. Agreed. And, uh, you know, Dave Weckl, one of the greatest technicians of all time. Um, you know, there's a, a bunch of them. 
Billy Cobham is the Jerome Bettis of drummers. Ooh. You know, he's just this, the boss. The, he, he, every time I, you know, I, by the way, back in my old life, I had a huge mansion and had a bunch <laughs> of people over one night and was on it with wife one and, and people were getting out of hand, you know, kind of like one of those parties, like in trading places when ah. and Eddie has the house and everybody's abusing it. <laughs> and, uh, and I just kind of like went over to my record collection and I pulled out uh, Mahavishnu two and I, and I put it on and I cranked my system really, really loud. And you could just all of a sudden you could see all the girls faces in, in, in the, in the house going, Oh, <laughs> and, and she goes, Bobby, I gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. I chased Clear everybody out of my fucking house by playing a Mahavishnu Vishnu record, dude. You're, uh, I gotta say, like going into this, I was hoping this was gonna go well, and it's exceeded my expectations by, by fucking far and away. Oh, far thanks, away. guys. Hey, I like having a good time, man. And it's friggin' Friday. Goddamn right. Well, first off, we, we all need to at some point just have some Zoom beers. Like just yeah. off the podcast, just have a beer or two. Actually, when we come out to LA, we're having beers. That's what we're gonna. And, do. and you know what? We'll be able to actually go to a place. Uh, yeah. You know, because you know we're all obviously COVID's messed everything up. And yeah. uh, I actually get my second shot on Tuesday. So oh, uh, congratulations! No. Knock, knock on wood. Uh, I'll be okay with that. But you know, it'd be nice to get out there and see some people. You know. Do you miss playing shows? Playing shows? Yeah absolutely yeah and what's your uh, first you know, stop gonna be yeah what's your, oh, what's we, your... you know, i'm still with david foster and you know a lot of people mm. may oh, question wow. while i'm with him but you know he is the, him and quincy are the greatest so mm. i i pride myself in you know i played on a lot of his records anyway but um uh when he plays piano man he's he plays hard you know he's not just and you know and he was one of the great studio piano players in the 70s and 80s then, then turned out to be a full producer and writer. And, you know, so uh, I like playing with him. It's, it's not, you know, I don't have to burn a damn drum solo every night and I get right. to play quality music and, and it's all, and it's all kind of higher end uh, people. So we're supposed to start going out in October. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah, See, that's I, great. I, that's I just, what I say. Dave, Dave keeps asking me like, what's your, what, like, when are you guys going to back on the road? I'm like, I'll fucking know. Whenever yeah, they, know. Yeah. we were talking to Chris Shiplett from the Foo Fighters, and that was one of our sure. first questions. Was like, so Dave was like, "So when are you guys getting back on the road?" And he looked at me. And he goes, "I don't fucking know. None of us know. It's 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 we're, we're all just playing it by ear." But I mean, real quick. So before we get out of here, I have a couple names I just want to throw out because I want to know your interpretation of like what it was like working with these people. Yeah, because there's it. just some fucking names on here. They're like, what am I gonna say? Like it, like working with Lionel Richie, because you you did all night long, right? I did. What was that like? How did that come together? Yeah, I mean, I, I and I've, I've been blessed. I played on maybe I don't know eight of his hits. Um, All night long came. Uh, I had done a single the year before for him in 1981 called "You Are," and it was like "You Are the Sun." Oh you are yeah, the I know rain. that song. Yep. And uh, and and it came out in '82. And my first born. I next shows you how old I am. Uh, and we used to sing that song to John and, uh, and, and it was like the first time Lionel and I'd known Lionel from the, you know, like the connection with Rufus and the Commodores and stuff days. And, um, but you know, I'm this young white kid, uh, that's kind of breaking into the mold and, uh, they called me, uh, over at A&M to overdub on that. So I nailed it. And, and that was a number one record. 
So I think that set and uh, James Anthony Carmichael, the producer's mind and Lionel's, I get a call back, you know, the next year or so we're always going in and cutting for Lionel. It's like, and so this particular day was Abraham Laboreal senior on base and myself and Lionel, and we were at ocean way a, uh, and Lionel's playing a, a CS 80 Yamaha real heavy synthesizer. Oh yeah. But it had this beautiful, these warm sounds and, uh, he had this thing set up and, and it was just the three of us cut all night long. We cut it from the top to the end, not knowing, I mean, me personally, I didn't know there was going to be perk in the intro. That's why I just three, you know, so you, you, you create a bed and then they can plant flowers around it, you know? Well, so when you're working in a situation like that, and it, cause of course you work with, with Quincy Jones and then, you work with another like artist like Eric Clapton, right? You yeah, do many times. You, you do change the world. Are you working with Clapton in that circumstance? Or are you working with Babyface? I was working with Babyface. Uh, what was that like? Uh, I mean, I've worked with Clapton on uh, uh, films, and uh, and I no, did no. The nineteen. I did the nineteen eighty two record. Uh, was it Behind the Sun? No shit. Yeah, and he was like still not. And he wasn't there. right yet, was he? No, he was not right. Yeah. And. Uh, but he did bring a little pig nose, man, to the session. <laughs> and I'm going, man, you're Eric Clapton, man. You're, you're not going to play through a Marshall? Just a, goes, just a little just like no, a cigarette man, box I'm gonna amp? Play, I'm going to play through this little pig nose. He probably and got I'm that on, from Billy Gibbons, man. Bam! Exactly. Yeah. was one of my favorite guitar players, by the way. See, we're, and, not, we're not just going to talk sports here. I know my fucking history. I know what I'm doing over here. So getting back to, uh, uh, let's see, uh, I got a call and I, you know, I'd played on a couple of Babyface songs and Babyface is our guest with David all the time. He's always oh. sitting in with us. So, uh, you know, so it's, uh, uh, the session came in, I got a call and it was record plant D in the back. And I got my drums there early and I was sick. I was, I had a cold. I didn't feel it, feel well. And, and, uh, and I didn't know who was going to be there. All I know was for Clapton and i went in and i oh it's it's uh kenny is producing so uh, kenny shows up and then dean park shows up and and that's it and i'm going <laughs> okay uh so it was basically babyface teaching dean parks the acoustic guitar part over <clears throat> excuse me we gotta get something to drink over and over again for about four hours <laughs> Pure no, leaf. no free ads. I, I pound that <laughs> shit. I love the, I love the pure leaf tea, dude. I do. I drink. That's like the only thing other than water. I drink is pure leaf. No, you know what? Fuck that shit. Keep that. And we'll send it to the pure leaf people and we'll get them to advertise with us. There you go. I love it. I'm a goddamn genius. Except, <laughs> except we're backwards, aren't we? No, you're coming right. You're oh, the right I see no, you're, backwards. You see <laughs> okay. it backwards. Yeah. I All love right. this stuff, man. I'll drink this every day. It's the best. Signed off by J.R. Robinson. We'll have the check in the mail for you next week. All right? Yeah, okay. Well, you know, well, I'll wait six months for accounting. All right, hey. so uh, so <clears throat> what I'm doing, I'm sitting there watching these two, so I'm uh, absorbing the song, but I realize that the tempos are all over the place, so I go, all right, let me set up a, a thing in Pro Tools, because I know Pro Tools intimately, and get my clicks going, and uh, I'll, I'll run click tempo. And I go, no, no, this has got to come back. Uh, so we'll come back. And then, and then Babyface looks at me and goes, 
yeah, let's bring it back up a little bit. I go, okay. So I spent, and I'm, meanwhile, I'm sicker and shit. So the three, three and a half hours goes by. It's time for Dean to go out to the studio. Dean goes out with the click that I had programmed and Dean lays the entire song down, just like Babyface taught him because wow. Dean is the best. Mm. And, and then, and then Babyface looks at me and goes, your turn. So <laughs> I go out and, and, and I, cause if I don't know the song by now, I'm an idiot. Yeah, you've been sitting there for four hours. Yeah, so I'm I'm figuring out where I'm going to go from cross stick. I'm, I'm going to use ghost notes in the cross stick. Uh, which snare drum am I going to use? So I used an old Ludwig Black Beauty from the 60s, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have it tuned too low. Normally, I don't play rim shot. This song, I played a little bit of rim shot just to have a, a – but I wasn't playing hard. And uh, went through the whole song. When I was done, I went home, uh, rested. Then they started bringing in Nathan. Greg, Luis Conti, and uh, and overdubbed on that whole thing. So I mean, how- and then the Grammys came in, so it obviously worked out well. And that was for a movie called Phenomenon. Yeah, for Phenomenon. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought that was yeah. just a Clapton track. No, no, that was have- for the the John Travolta movie. The John no Travolta shit. movie. Yeah, and and that. and that could have been swept under the rug, man. People may not even have known about it if it wasn't such a great song. That yeah. movie. All right. <laughs> I, I this is how I'll word it. Like I think that that song is, and I was gonna ask you this because this exact song was like, it was it was a trivia question that I had recently, but it's been in my head for like two weeks straight to the point where I'm like doing everything I can to shake it. But ah. it's a great song, but I think it's so much better than the actual movie. That, oh, does to- that make totally. sense? The movie is just like ah. you know, and I love John. You know, I know John, and uh, that's that's great. But um, and it was kind of a weird movie, anyway. But uh, <laughs> it was an I, odd I, one, I, yeah. I've got a song that you can shake. That song. What's what? what's that? Tie a yellow ribbon round the old old tree. <laughs> now you'll never know about change the world again. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just had to. <laughs> I had to shit uh, stuck in my head all day. Give you Yo, that. how did you wind up getting into movies? Um, when I moved to town. Uh, in 78, May of 78 to be exact, uh, I was just working with Rufus. I was going down to Balboa Park in the Mid Valley and hustling basketball. And that's how I made my money. And so I you, met you I, white, white, white man can't jump about you. Oh, I could fucking slam when I was uh, 16. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I mean, I, how tall are you? I'm 6'3 now. I was 6'4 uh, uh, before the, the anti stretching starts. John, I gotta think. I gotta find something you're not good at. Yeah. Like at, at this you're point, marriage. <laughs> I got you beat at that, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, uh, I've, I'm, 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 I'm two uh, fails there, but um, maybe I'm working on a, a something good here in the future. So there you go. You know, I, I'm, and I've got uh, three beautiful boys, uh, uh, and and uh, and then everybody's a musician somewhere. I mean, my youngest son is 19, and he's in music school. He's upstairs now and studying and. And, and doing really well. But um, so as, as a year or so went by, I started meeting other people in Los Angeles. And I'd already known these people because guys like Neil Steubenhaus, a famous bass player, uh, we all knew each other at Berkeley. You know, all of us, you know, we'd hang out with Smith and, and, and whomever. And, and everybody, unbeknownst to everybody, all gravitated to LA at the same time in 1978. So Neil had uh, kind of got into the uh, television and film business. And then I got a call from a contractor saying, yeah, well, Neil recommended you, you want to come down and uh, you can play on these, on this movie. 
so you play in the movie and it's like you know full legit uh you know union uh that sort of thing and then i got mm. you know started getting simpsons calls mm. and uh you know i think i'm on some john bonham clone simpsons one years and years <laughs> ago and uh you know but don't put me on vibes you know so i hated that shit so. It's so it's so weird to like do it almost be background noise for a movie. Like I find it like because I've we've done stuff for NBC. I did something for Chicago Fire, and I did something recently for NFL Films. Oh, and I, I remember doing it and just being like watching the finished product. And like the one thing on NBC was for Chicago Fire. It was like the background mm-hmm. song at a bar right. or something like that. And then the NFL Films was something for a documentary on left-handed quarterbacks. And I was like. God, that's fucking weird just to be background music. Like, is it, is it weird for you to be more of a background musician as opposed to playing on these big hit records? You take it with a grain of salt because, yeah. it, you know, if it's a union gig, you know, you're getting you're getting paid X and, and mm-hmm. then you get royalties down in the uh, on the back end. Usually uh, you were talking about the NFL mm. um, several, several years ago, maybe 12 years ago. I got a call and go into the Streisand stage at uh, Sony uh, for John Williams. Oh, and, wow. By the way, he should be the fifth head on Mount Rushmore. And uh, I get a call, and, and John Williams has rewritten the NFL themes for NBC. Like, boom, 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 boom. That song? Yeah, all those all those great songs. Yeah. I mean, I could probably boot this shit up. That'll so be that, stuck in so my that head went again. down, and uh, I, I had my drum set sitting right in the middle of the room. Usually when I was there with Streisand, I'd be back in the booth and nobody even, I could be naked back. And nobody know. <laughs> it's like a refrigerator booth, no, but nobody would know you're in there. And, uh, but this I'm right in the middle and John's walk. John's dad was a, a famous drummer uh, here in Los Angeles in the early days. And, uh, but, but ironically, John doesn't, I don't know if it's ironically, but uh, weirdly, John doesn't play drums. Uh, his, his, uh, his brother does. And, uh, but, he walked around my drums and he goes, JR, I goes, honestly, I don't know how to write for drums. <laughs> and and he had written all this really hip shit. I mean, like orchestral snare. Yeah. yeah. So cut to a few years ago that ran for 10 years. And so I was getting a taste uh, from. Yeah. You know, and all those damn themes. That's going to be so, stuck in my fucking head. Oh, yeah, it's going to be stuck in my head. So a, uh, a couple of years ago, you know, I've got full studio here. Uh, the great Randy Kerber, uh, a piano player, producer, uh, La La Land, the oh, guy yeah. with his hands. That's Randy Kerber. No shit. Yeah, he's like the cat. He's the number one cat at his position. And uh, he calls, he goes, man, I, I, you're the perfect guy for this. Uh, can we come out and record uh, six new NFL themes? And I go, fuck yeah. <laughs> so him and the, uh, the NBC guy come here. This is way before COVID. And, and I boot them all up uh, in Pro Tools. And that, that one theme was still there. And I go, oh, we're just recutting it. He goes, yeah, but I'm, I've added a bridge. So he had written a bridge. Ooh. So there's four of them. There's one called something wide receiver and, uh, and every time, so when you listen to NBC, you know, with Frank and, uh, yeah, uh, what, uh, uh, Colin, um, yeah, uh, uh, as you well know, um, you'll hear me, uh, you know, most of the time, I would say probably 70% of the time are, are, is me. And then they've cut some new shit in there. I've noticed also. So, <laughs> so that's like, 
you know, when the chiefs were rolling and, and I'm watching NBC, I go, not only am I having a good time, I'm drinking, probably eating some good wings and I'm making royalties. There you go. Every it's a fucking time. dream, dude. It's a you, dream. So you get royalties for independence day. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. What did I do on that? Yes is the answer. <laughs> yes is the answer. Did you ever get a chance to meet Randy Quaid? Because he's like on the list of guys I want to meet just because of how weird he is. Up yours! <laughs> yeah, up yours, you alien assholes. Uh, did I meet Randy? No, I never got to meet Randy. Oh, man. I never what about got Will Smith? Randy. I've met Will Smith. He really actually, cool. his son went to, he's, he, he, Jayden, was yeah. Yeah, Jayden. yeah, he, he was at the, cause he was a, he went to Notre Dame for football. He was at and, Oaks uh, Christian, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right? He was Oaks Christian, which is in Thousand Oaks, California, right? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's on the Westlake border. It's more Eastern. Uh, but yes, I mean, Montana's kid went there also. Yep. Yep. John, who's the most famous person you ever met? Oui. I mean, we've already talked about Ringo Starr and Michael Jackson, so it's kind of like, where do we go from there? Yeah. Is there anybody? Oh, boy. Jeez. Um, um, well, I mean, you know, Barbara is up there. Oh, yeah. Barbara Streisand will definitely Bar- be up there. Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I've hung with her a lot. Jeez. Um, I mean, you know, well, Kareem, I know Kareem very well, and I know Magic very well. You know, but they, you know, a lot of people may not put the NBA guys on their list. You know, no, that's definitely on my list, man. You know, I'm a huge NBA guy. Tony Gonzalez, I know, um, and and I know Travis Kelsey. Uh, I, I sat to... next to Travis Kelsey at the Bears Eagles double dunk game two years oh. ago. Oh, thank you, Cody Parkey. He was watching his brother play. Oh, his brother is one of my favorite living human beings. His brother made he me just cry. resigned. I think. Yes, he did. His br- his brother made me cry for four. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I cried for four straight days, like uncontrollably. They and, were trying uh, to get. Uh, uh, I mean, there was talk of getting him into Arrowhead, but uh, it, it will never happen. Nah, he's going to retire an Eagle. And 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 Travis is going to retire a Chief. You know that's he should. Kind of- I feel like Travis Kelsey's slightly underrated somehow. Because he's so fucking dominant, and it, like people still talk about Kittle, because Kittle's a monster, and there's other tight ends. But in Kittle's league. younger. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. boy. Travis Kelsey's a fucking Iowa boy. beast, man. You know who? Uh, there's a rumor the Chiefs are going to get Ertz. Zach Ertz. Can you imagine both those guys? No. no. But I will oh, say this. Oh, and you know what? You want to know what the other rumor is? What? AJ Green, baby. Do you want AJ Green? I don't know yet. I don't know. There's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of like I got to sweep up some stuff here. You don't even need anybody. Your team well, they the, need to beat the Patriots or not the Patriots, the Bucks now. That's all they can't they even need get to right focus here. on. They're gonna move. They're gonna. I think they're gonna move Watkins. You do? I do. He get, I, he's I, injury prone. And then so there's talk of getting Mr. Robinson from the Bears. I love Allen Robinson, dude. Uh, I love Allen Robinson. He is so good, and he has been dealt such a shit hand in Chicago. Oh, yeah. I agree. He never nobody pitches. can throw to him. He's such a consummate professional. I love him, and he deserves better than the Chicago Bears. This is, this is Dave's someone- pitch. Yeah, this is Dave's pitch to Allen Robinson, just because <sighs> he happens to hear this. Look. JR, we could fucking talk all day, dude. We're going to have you back on. I feel like it's only uh, right yeah. to have you back on. JR, I got a couple of really ahead, rapid fire questions for you. Yeah, though, go ahead, right? Um, All right, just real quick. Just first thing that pops in your head, Iowa or Iowa State? Oof. It depends if it's football or basketball. Football. Iowa. Philly cheesesteak or deep dish? Uh, Philly cheesesteak. Oh, wow. 
uh, hollow notes or sticks. If you, I'm, I'm doing a little. Oh my! Oh, I got a Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a little Chicago Philly vibe to see where you're. Uh, hollow is. notes. That's the right answer by a mile. I, I don't think that's correct. Uh, how much battery life you got on your phone right now? A uh, full. Full. Uh, what song is stuck in your head right now? Uh, that's a good one because I've been able to erase them right after I record them. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 there is no song in my head right now. All right. Uh, most famous first person in your phone book. Ooh. Um, well, Lionel's in there. Uh, Quincy's in there. Do you think if uh, Quincy oh, or Lionel, if, if you FaceTime them right now, would they answer? No. Uh, no Quincy, shot. Quincy might try FaceTiming him. <laughs> no, man. I, I, I no, I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, I, I could get you at Frampton, maybe. But all right, we'll I'll do Frampton. If, if, Frampton. if you were serious about Frampton, I'll do Frampton. I'd love to ask him about Almost Famous and his cameo in it and making his guitar talk and all that stuff. But hey, I, I was in that second group, so it was it was a, it was a Ooh. good run. Yeah. Oh, you did? Did you do Frampton Comes Alive? Two. No shit. Wow. Wow. The, all right. So you're the coolest person we know. You're Forrest no, Gump, no, man. No, no, no. He's you Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump. He's Forrest Gump. Yeah, You've been in everything. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, by the way, Tom, the... Tom, Tom is a very good friend. Tom Hanks? Yeah, he's a very good friend. He, he's I've worked with him many times in film. He sounds and like an awesome guy, like outside he of would run for he would be like the nice president. Oh, he would oh I'd I I think everybody would have to vote for him. He's been in too yeah. many good movies. Yeah. Holy so shit. anyway, go, go, rapid fire, go. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was all I had, but Tom Hanks, oh, like, you didn't even, you have, you're friends with Tom Hanks, you didn't even say Tom Hanks is the most famous most person famous in your phone book. Like, book. He's I, the most famous person on the planet. I, I could go down here, but I mean, I, I bragging is not my deal here, so. <laughs> oh, no, just an all-star basketball player track. Well, yeah, I was going to say, well, listen, I'm musician. about to, I, I, listen, I, I'm going to do a little plug, too, because it, uh, of course, I'm, I'm going with a company called Trubify. And so we're going to be able to do, do a whole bunch of content similar to YouTube, uh, where mm. I'm going to start flooding the market with all sorts of stuff, drum related, music nice. related, uh, maybe sports. Just I may talk about all sorts of stuff, but I'm also going to my mother did a scrapbook. God bless her soul of a lot of the high school, uh, every high school basketball game. And oh, wow. And, you know, it's all black and white shots. And, you know, it shows how I sucked. <laughs> and then, you know, or we won or, you know, we made it to substate and, and, uh, dude, I, I'm blown away by this interview. I really am. Jr. This has been an absolute pleasure. You it do has to, been, man. Yeah, but you are now obligated to help turn Dave into a rock star. So when we get our asses out to LA, you need to be involved with helping us turn Dave into a rock star. There Boom. you go. Hi, hey, hey, Dave, Colin, it's my, my pleasure, buddy. All right, so that was our interview with the man, John J.R. Robinson. Dave, we said it during the interview, but, like, could that have gone any better? No, I, um, no, it couldn't have. Like, I've interviewed <laughs> a lot of people, and I, I had no idea what to expect from him. Obviously, he's got a lot of years on both of us. He's 66 years old. Uh, so I didn't know if he'd be able to yuck it up with a couple of younger guys, and that guy just reeks Midwest. Yep. He's as normal a dude as, he, as there can be. He's funny. 
Um, he's got that little cocky funniness about him. Like, oh yeah, I was all-star basketball player. No big deal. I I just loved everything about him. Bro, what the fuck ever? Like, and he, it wasn't even like we were asking, like, it was just like casually come up a conversation be like, yeah, it was all state in basketball. He's like, yeah, like whatever. Like I'm in my high school. He wasn't like that though. He was like, yeah, I was all state in basketball too. Not too I'm trying to give him credit. Yo, he's the fucking man. We, I said it, we almost got him to FaceTime Quincy Jones, which was one of the coolest moments of my life, but he just, and Frampton. Yeah. And Tom Hanks. And he just casually goes, oh, yeah, and, and, you know, I'm really close friends with Tom Hanks, too. Me and you were both like, why didn't you lead with that? Like, Tom Hanks is the fucking king of the world. I mean, he's like as A-list, A-list as it can possibly get. Like, Look, there's we, not a, like, he's one of the most recognizable people on the planet. Well, whatever. We've recruited a new member into our team to turn Dave into a rock star. J.R. Robinson yeah, gotta, will be on our team. To, uh, we got to get out to L.A. to hang out. We though. do, man. I'll and that kind of Iowa sweet corn. I bet he'd like that. Bro, that, that leads me to where we're going to end this episode before we get into our pick of the week. Dave, you've been working on the guitar. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Um, I just, and this is, so I did this yesterday. Um, I just started trying to play You and Me by Dave Matthews. One of my favorite songs. Much more difficult than I had, because I was listening to some Dave yesterday, and um, I'm like, I think I can do this. But um, That's a tough one. Tim Reynolds is a beast, man. Tim Reynolds is, he's an unbelievably underrated guitarist, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, as is Dave Matthews, I think. I think he's a very good guitarist. But um, I uh, so I started fucking with that. Um, it's going well though. It's going very well. I'm picking it up slowly but surely. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting. I told there. you, bro. We're bringing in the big guns. We're gonna have some support coming through. We're gonna start documenting this journey. Uh, but more than anything, I think Dave has what it takes. I've been working with him. He is picking things up faster than I expected him to. But we have things in store that we're going to get into. We'll get into that later. We'll fucking end this episode going into the Wheelwright interview. But, Dave, I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job. And we're going to fucking shock the world, my man. Let's do it. <laughs> another great episode. We have another great episode next week. Uh, big thanks to Allie for being here. Let's send it over to our pick of the week, Wheelwright. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our pick of the week is our man Wheelwright. Jared, how the fuck are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you, dude? I'm fantastic, man. I'm sitting here fucking glad to be talking to you. You're out in Arizona, right? Yes, sir. What part of Arizona are you in? Uh, I'm in Phoenix. I'm oh, in, like, good for you, uh, man. Arcadia. It's a, it's a neighborhood in, in the greater Phoenix area. How does it feel to know that we're – me and Dave are from Philly and Chicago, respectively. How does it feel to know we're getting snow dumped on us? And what is it, like 90 degrees where you are? It's getting there, dude. It's already, it's, it's already getting pretty <laughs> toasty. I'm jealous. <laughs> Dude, I would do anything. To, it's funny. I've lived in Philadelphia for 28 years, and I like my entire life, and yet I still fucking hate the snow. It makes no sense. But <laughs> fuck the weather. Let's get into the music. So you're starting over. This is a totally new project. Of course, we know you from Jared in the Mill, and now it's yeah. Wheelwright. Yeah. Take me to what happened. How did we get here? Um, so, like, you know, uh, uh, obviously last year changed everything for everybody, um, and we weren't really an exception to that. Uh, we had – we had a we had we had talked a little bit for a while about how some of the guys in the band like you know they wanted to slow things down on the touring front because they were getting married and they're mm-hmm. starting to talk about like settling down a little bit and and i think that's super cool um so it, it's it's not it, it wasn't anything that kind of like jumped on me out of nowhere but we had a meeting uh at the beginning of 2020 or rather like probably like march or april and uh, we kind of had a little powwow to talk about like the spirit of the band and what we're trying to do and what we we're trying to accomplish and where we see ourselves in five years and all that existential shit. And um, it 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 kind of it, it the the conversation directed itself towards like 
a lot of the guys saying I'm more comfortable in taking a step back um, so that I don't hinder the creative process, but I would still love to be, I would still love to be a part of this if I can. And like, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, trial by fire. And if, if you have to, if something starts to dim, like, don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want Jared in the middle to kind of like run through my fingers as I tried to hold on to it. You right. know, I, 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 I preferred to say, all right, well, what if we just took a, took a, a like a, a, a little bit of a, of a veer onto a different road and let me kind of go forth and be a solo artist of sorts, but like you guys hang around me as the creative team and like help me you know realize the music that i have in my head and like help me you know create this world around wheel ride that like i've i've always kind of wanted to to get out there so it i think it's a testament to like how good of friends we all are like it's insane that the the amount of support that they have shown me is like outrageous and i don't deserve it but they are they are the best dudes and and they're all sticking around and like me and josh arrange the new tunes together mike and i work on the art and the video stuff chuck you know, helps mix and EQ demos and videos and stuff. And it's just like, it's insane. It's insane. Bro, the way you put that is so mature. And it's so, it's, it's, it's like a very lucky situation to be in. Cause when you see most projects and it's not as amicable as that, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. but the fact of the matter is maybe like looking at it and this is more like you said, existential, this is an existential thing to say, but maybe this is how maybe it should have been all along. You never know. Like it, this might be a fucking blessing. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, and, absolutely. Well, I mean, I listened to the new single, Just Like You, and it, what, you just dropped that, like, last week, right? Two days ago. Two days ago. God damn. The fucking time flies so fast, dude. What's the, rea- <laughs> what's the reaction been like from everybody? Um, the reaction has been pretty – like, dude, it's, it's always scary, right, when you, when you, like, put something new out there. And, and you, you see time and time again when someone kind of restarts and does, like, the side project or whatever, and, and the fans don't really click with it the same way that they click with the, um, with the old stuff. But, like – my God, the fans have been so supportive and people have been like, you know, posting it on their TikTok shit and yeah. like they've been sharing playlists that have the song is like, like it has the song like five times in the, in the playlist and shit like that. Like good people. Like, like the, the, you know, we call our, we call our fan base the pack. Um, Cause I'm, I'm really into coyotes, uh, <laughs> but um, they have like, they have really gone above and beyond in their support. And I'm, floored by it it's insane well, well so the reason i reached out was because multiple people that i follow like that the band follows oh. posted the song and i was like hey. I, I was re- re- reminded that uh, we talked about this before we came on but ali adams is a friend of yours she's the producer yeah, yeah. for the podcast and she's our tour manager and i was like i gotta reach out to this fucking guy and see and see what's going on here and i'm impressed by the way that you've you've taken this because we, we've had so many conversations with so many different artists at different levels we had Corey wong from wolfpack on last week like we were all just talking about the way that we've, I don't know, we've all had to adapt. Music industry, we are constant adapters in general. We're always under the fucking gun. We're always set up to fail, and we always have to find different shit to do. I mean, yeah, yeah. This, this podcast being fucking, you know, case one, we, we had to adapt and find something to do in the time. Yeah, dude, you said it. But to what, do you feel like the product you're creating is that much different than Jared in the Mill, or is this just like a fully realized version of what you wanted to do in the first place? Um. It's so it's it's actually funny when we when we started Jared in the Mill I I got my I got my degree in business over mm. at ASU and I didn't think the band was going to be like a thing I just wanted to like I wrote I had songs written because I've always been a songwriter and I've always written poetry and stuff 
And so it kind of threw together this ragtag team of musicians and we played a couple shows together and it, it blew up in front of us. And like by our third show, even though we didn't have any records, like people were putting our songs on YouTube and shit oh, and, so and they were singing along at the, at the shows. And I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm a bit of an opportunist. So I was like, let's just, let's ride, ride the let's, shit let's, out. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. So 10 years later, here we are. Um, but, uh, uh, when we started, it kind of, not not in a not in a disingenuous way because I do love the style of music that we played. Yeah. But it was kind of like at the time it was like the Mumford and Sons and the Lumineers were blowing up and stuff. Just gonna so say that because because like I wasn't planning on the band being a thing. I was like, let's do that. That's right. Ride, ride cool. that wave, baby. <laughs> exactly. So that's what we started doing, and like and and I loved it. And I'm you know I'm a I'm a folk writer to my core. So it's like I grew up on you know Bob Dylan, you know the 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 60s you know uh folk hipsters that kind of had their their time again in the sun recently um so so it we took to it really well and after after a while i i think i started to i, I started to really yearn for expressing more contemporary music that i personally love i love mm -hmm. r&b i love i love hip-hop i love you know grunge and um, you know, more, I guess, gritty or more, uh, uh, less, less refined, yeah. um, uh, uh, genres of music. Um, and that is, that's, that's kind of like the freedom that I have with Wheelwright is, is the ability to integrate that into my song style. So it's not like I'm, I'm not a little, you know, folkster anymore, I'm just, I, but I, I certainly have a more contemporary spin on the music that I write and play now um versus like having this feel that i have to fulfill people's um the images that people conjure in their head when they're talking in the mill which is like the christmas lights in the mason jars at the yeah outside wedding and Bro, yada, you, yada, you, yada. And, you, and like i said like i like that stuff too but it's not it's not what i feel well, you don't always want to have to do the same thing over and over again yeah exactly and, and, and i that might be that might be uh, a false that might be like a false issue that i have in my brain i might have just been feeling that because the reality is that i probably love whatever we put out because they because they love the music that i write and the music yeah. that me and the guys put together well, and then they uh, and then they start to like your personality and you as a band so they're going to be supportive yeah. of what you do exactly we have yeah we, we've done a really we did a really good job of like becoming friends with our fans we don't have any fans we just have a shit ton of friends bro um, what, what what i like what because when i listen to to just like you like and I, I was comparing it to like what jared in the mill was it kind of reminds me you ever listen to the night game you ever get uh, yeah i've seen them on playlists so the night game was uh martin from the band boys like girls this is uh -huh. emo days like fucking he was the lead singer of that band uh -huh. I guess it was the same thing where he was kind of jumping on this like wagon of like fucking Hollister, like, like pop punk bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then as his career went on, he transitioned out of that and, and he found this, like, it's almost like an eighties pop thing. And, but it's cool. like people who like him dig the new shit. And I became a huge fan of the night game. So like that to me is yeah. like, what it reminds me of like with you and you're lucky enough to have this fucking fan base. That's going to ride with you for what you're going to do. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. The new know. shit's dope, though, man. What, how much do you have backlogged? How much do you have? Do you have ready to go? We got we got three songs right now. Um, we'll be releasing them over the next couple of months. But uh, uh, we we I've got I've got twenty songs demoed out. It's a beautiful thing, man. Put on the tape. So we're 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 trying to be as like, you know, as as uh, as we're trying to be as 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Strategic. 
strategic as we can. Yeah, exactly. So we're trying to make all the right moves. We don't want to like get too deep into um, you know the songs and stuff before we start shopping around the labels and doing all. Of course, things. man. It's it's kind of it's you gotta you gotta it's the Game of Thrones shit, but. Oh, it's dude! It's uh, music industry is Game of Thrones, bro. It's a fu- chaos is a fucking ladder. <laughs> exactly. So, so on the way on the way out of this, before we play the song, uh, there's two questions I ask a lot of artists that we have on. The yeah. first one is, what have you been listening to recently? We do a big segment on the podcast called "What the fuck have we been listening to?" So, like, what have you been listening to? Um, I've been I've been listening to a lot. There's a band actually from your neck of the woods. They're called Pine Grove. Are you hip to that? I know Pine Grove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, love, dude. The best. I think that's the best songwriting of, of our of our year. So fucking good, bro. Um, obviously, like the weekend and and Drake. Drake just came out with some shit. This Yo, um, Lemon Pepper Freestyle is that shit? Yeah, it is dope. Um, what else, man? I don't know. I I listen to a lot of like like uh like neo western shit, like Charlie Crockett, Casey Musgraves, shit like that. Did you just say Charlie Crockett? Yeah. Yo, we're fucking boys for life now because that's not a name that like gets thrown around a lot. <laughs> that's my shit. We cool. were in the studio cutting the last record, uh, and our engineer Eric is a huge Charlie Crockett fan. He was wearing a Charlie Crockett t shirt. Yeah. Anybody who sings with that inflection and that like he has like that cool little lisp thing that he has too. Charlie mm-hmm. Crockett's the fucking man, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's that guy's legit as hell. Um fuck, what else, man? I I I, uh, I, I, I've been re- revisiting a lot of Gregory Allen Isakov, actually. Another name that has been thrown around on the podcast as well. Holy shit. Let's <laughs> well, go. That, that is like the, the end all be all for songwriting. Um, someone actually recently told me that Wheelwright reminds them of like, because I, I do, I, while I've only released one studio song, I've been doing a lot of streaming. I've been playing a lot of my new tunes on my, on my uh, Twitch stream. Sweet. And someone said that my, my new songs remind them of a mix between Gregory Allen Isakov and The Weeknd. And I was like, I'm quitting. That's I'll take that. Thing. Yeah. Better than that. Wow. <laughs> I'll see myself out now. Thank you very much. Dude, uh, God damn. So that's that was that was pretty big. That's a big moment for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's 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 kind of it. And honestly, dude, like I listen to a lot of NPR. I, mm. I try I try my best to like I try I try my best to not listen to like too much music and worry too much about what I'm listening to. If Bro, that makes sense. I'm the same. Like in the car, I only listen to Philadelphia sports talk. I don't listen to music in the car. <laughs> I need to shut my fucking brain off and just like get away from music for like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that that the last thing I want to ask you too. During quarantine, it's so many of us like started and we all locked ourselves away and we were like, okay, I'm going to write everything. Like I'm going to write constantly. All I'm going to do is fucking write and I'm going to reinvent the wheel. Have you found yourself recently creating more or creating less? Like, have you, have you gotten to a point where like you've been staring at the same four walls and like nothing's coming out of you or are you still hitting like a kind of creative stride? Um, so I, I think the, this geographically i think we're in different places phoenix is so close to just absolute nothingness because the mm. desert is so expansive around us that it's not difficult to like get out and be like like get like you know spend a lot of time out in the desert oh you're lucky um so me and me and my buddies have been actually it's not that i've been writing a lot but like like i said like mike and i have been creating a lot we've been doing a lot of photos a lot of photo shoots and like a lot of video shoots Dope. we're trying to like develop this idea of live performance videos that are a little bit more in depth and like well produced than nice. your typical like guy sitting on a bed with his acoustic guitar like we're going to really picturesque places like in the desert and like around phoenix that are have big expansive places or like views and like using drones and using like really dope camera styles um and i i've 
I've developed um, with my interface, my computer, and my mics, and my synth, I've been able to create like a little island where I don't need any external power to record. Oh, that's so, so I get, sick. I get, so I get like a really nice recording on, um, on a good mic and my instrument, whether it's a synth or a guitar. And like I said, Chuck mixes and uh, masters those tracks, and then we put them over the video, and then we get it colorized and everything. And like, we're, we're we've got it down to like we made one in like an hour, and it was like it's fucking beautiful, dude. Like park park the truck, get out, set up the stuff, record it, use the cameras, send it, send the files to Chuck through Dropbox. He makes his masters, puts it on top of the video, colorize Boom. it, done. We just want like we wanted to see how fast we could do it, and it, it happened so fast. It's like wow, we can like do this. That's crazy. <laughs> and but look how beautiful that is though. It's the same team, just in different, different. You know what I mean? It's it's like almost like maybe this was the moment where everything comes together and everybody's just got their own fucking facet of what they do now. It's a pretty beautiful thing to see, man. It's we've become more of a machine than a, than a mob of friends. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it, dude. Now, I'm really excited for what you have going on. Thanks, man. And I'm fucking glad we finally got to meet. Just like you as a song we're about to play, is there anything else you'd like to say before we cut this off? Um, I hope you guys like my song. Um, it's a reflection of me and my passions and what I, you know, what I feel like from time to time, and I'm proud of it. So I you like should be, brother. You should be. And we have plenty more coming. Uh, we definitely want to have you back on, especially when we're doing things. With, if we wind up in that fucking part of the country for this whole video series, I need you to come on and show Dave how it's done, all right? <laughs> we'll do. Sounds good, man. All Thank right, you. brother. You call me from a party. I say that you're undone. You said you called to tell me that something you forgot.